Life gets hard when you get down I'm just trying to figure my shit out What's going on guys? My name is Mark Anthony Joe And I'm Grace Priscilla And uh, welcome to the show Today is going to be a very, very, very special episode um, Grace and I have mentioned before that, that we wanted to start having uh, some guests on the show, like regularly, like this is this is going to be a um, you know something that we incorporate, and and maybe even eventually, like the the really the foundation of the show is just having guests on. Um, as you guys know, like I I just I really 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 love um, just getting into a good conversation, you know, a good um, conversation of substance. You know, I don't want I don't want to talk about the weather. I don't want to talk about the sports. I want to talk about life. I want to talk about society and culture and all the things that really that really matter. You know, at the end of the day, the things worth thinking about and talking about. And so, um, what better way uh, to do that and to share that than to have some really really interesting people on the show? And so, we want to have people that have you know something to share um, and that also have a perspective. Uh, to share that might be valuable to you guys. And today, uh, we definitely have that. So this is a guy that Grace um, really brought to my attention a long time ago. And what's funny about the way that him and I connected is uh, Grace told me, Grace, when did you point him out to me? Um, well, I was working at First Form still. So He was a connect. Ago. Yeah, probably... A year ago, ago. Yeah. maybe. Um, he was a connect through a mutual friend, and um, he, I needed a contact for an event that I was planning for some sweets, and yeah. he was the perfect person. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but I remember when you pointed him out to me, you kind of told me like, "Hey, Mark, you got to meet this guy. Like, you got to meet this guy. He's, you know, he's the best. Oh man, I think that's what you said. Oh my God, I love him. You know, I love him. He's so awesome." And you told me just briefly, like, hey, he's been through some things. He's had a hard time or whatever. Um, and long story short, that was the impression she gave me. Hey, you got to meet this guy. So I went and I started following on social media, um, just watching, you know, just watching. And, and this guy, the way, the way that he shows up is just like, you, you can't describe it any other way than like, he just gives no fucks at all. Like, <laughs> like, like he gives absolutely no fucks, but, but he gives a lot of fucks. You know, it's cool because even through social media, it was, it was abundantly clear to me, like, dude, this guy cares so much. Um, and, and I kind of felt, like, even from afar, like, I kind of felt like, dude, I know, I know what this guy's like. Like, I, I do because I feel that, you know, I'm, I'm that guy. I give no fucks. And, 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 you know, and some people don't like it and it rubs people the wrong way, but I care so much, you know, and I, I understand that dichotomy. Um, and so anyway, when, when we finally were in the same room together, this is funny, <clears throat> finally in the same room together, I kind of looked at him when he came in the door. He looked at me and then at one point, my twin brother was also present. So at one point, my brother's walking past him, and he reaches out, and he's like, hey, man, you know, I've been, I've, I've been trying to meet you, or I've been trying to bump into you. He said something like that to Matt. And Matt's like, dude, I think you're actually talking about my brother, but I think he's, he's waiting to meet you, too. Uh, and he came over, and he told me anyway, but, uh, but we did. We, 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 we bumped into each other, and finally, it's funny, because you've been waiting to meet me. I've been waiting to meet you. Um, so without further ado, Jason... Uh, is with us here. Jason, what's your last name? Bachman. Jason Bachman. Okay, Jason, um, <clears throat> what I knew him for initially was just he's the owner of Strange Donuts, okay? Um, Not just. That's a big deal. 
He's yeah, the he, owner of Strange Donuts. Yeah, yeah. He, if you guys don't know what that is, by the way, you need to go check out their Instagram. They make like the craziest, most amazing, and delicious donuts in St. Louis by far. So by shout far, out. by far. But uh, I mean, they. I mean, dude, they they dominate in their space, right? And and to me, that was cool and impressive. And it, I, I I know it's hard building a business, and I knew nothing of, you know, any of the challenges that you faced putting that all together. Uh, but that in and of itself was impressive to me because I know it's hard. Uh, but since, you know, just recently since meeting him, I found out he's into a whole bunch of other things that hopefully we'll get into. But without further ado, welcome, Jason. Jason, how you feeling today, man? Doing good every day. Yeah? Yeah, not every day doing good, but like, uh, yeah, no, I'm doing good, man. I'm excited. I was like, man, I should get like fucking amped up before I come in here or something. I was like, I'm just... I'm just, just happy to I'm be just here. Me, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, well, Jason, I mean, start out um, kind of what I'm let, where do we start? Right. Where do we start? Uh, I don't want to skip any parts that are relevant, but I also don't know your story, yeah. you know. And so part of what I wanted you on the show for today is that. I know you've been through some things and that's really all I know. Yeah. And I also I have this question that I love. I fucking love to ask it to people. I may have shared this with you. But my question is like, hey, what's the hardest thing you've ever been through in your life? Right. And I'm not asking you That's, that right now. We can we can get yeah. into that, it. Mark asked me that on our first date. He on our like, first date. Our first date. We sat down. We sat down at Jenny's ice cream and we were sitting in the Central Ascent and he's like, What's the hardest thing you've ever been through? And I was like, Huh. It, it is <laughs> I've a never good been first, asked this on a first date before. <laughs> it's a great first question to ask because Having been through some hard things myself, like, bro, I, I really value the struggle. Like, mm -hmm. like, to me, the struggle is so much more valuable than the, the mountaintop, you know, than the peaks, right? And so, um, at least from a life experience and perspective standpoint. So, with that being said, understanding that, that I really think that there's a lot of value in sharing, you know, sort of the trials and stuff like that. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about where you're from? Um, how you came up and like, really let's, let's start like pre strange donuts, yeah. uh, Jason. My dad was in the military. I was born in England and I, um, moved in, I was in England. We moved to Arizona and then, uh, moved to St. Louis. So how long were you in, in, in England? I was a little kid when I, when we moved here. I mean, I, by the time I got to St. Louis, I was like three, four years old. So like my brother had a British accent, you know, he'd be like, girls, like he would talk Aww. like a little British kid and the, um, but I, I was, I was young. I was a baby when we left there, infant when we left there, Yeah. moved to Arizona. And then, um, my dad ended up getting a job at McDonnell Douglas at the time. It's called Boeing. And then we lived in St. Charles I lived in like St. Charles, North County. And, um, I don't know. I was, uh. So, so, so essentially, you're from St. Louis. Yeah, for three, sure. Three, four years old. That means... I'm from here. St. Louis is home. That's 100%. What's, that's what's up, man. Yeah, for sure. Okay, was your, were your parents, your family, anybody like entrepreneurs? Because no. I know that I, you seem like entrepreneur through and through. Like, like you, could, you couldn't even work for somebody else if you wanted to. <laughs> Dude, I like... Um, my dad was in the military. My mom um, did a bunch of different stuff. I don't know where that came from, but I remember we would, my, I had family in Georgia, Nebraska, and West Virginia. And I remember like uh, just asking some questions. Like me and my brother was always just hustlers, like sell whatever. Like we would like aggressively, like. Like give us an example and, soap, and give us age. Soap. And we would go soap? like, <laughs> we, would, we would go door to door and sell soap. And like 
my brother, if somebody didn't buy soap, he would like wave. I remember him like we would have a stick. He'd like wave a stick in their face, like you're gonna buy this soap. <laughs> we would buy, we would buy we would set, we would make drawings and we would say like yo we're, one day we're gonna be famous. You're gonna want these drawings mm-hmm. and we'd sell them for a quarter. Oh my god, we, that's amazing. Like um, I got a quarter a week. Like when I don't remember when I started getting allowance, but I got a quarter a week. I was probably six, seven, eight years old, and um, and we were just fucking Hoosiers. Yeah, right? and the, like. Um, for those of you that are not in St. Louis, Hoosier is the term that they use around here, basically like a redneck, you know? It's not, yeah. it's not a it's, person from Indiana. It's not true. It's like, so I would say, I hate using the word white trash, but like, so, but you can be a Hoosier it's, it's and me. still have money. You can have, you can Got be, it. you're, it's like, uh, I know a few of those. Un, yeah, like <laughs> unrefined, don't care, fight. Talk loud in a restaurant, cuss. Like you, you're basically like uh, selfish, I guess. I, really, what it comes down to. I get to. what you're saying. But like, um, we started. I remember one time this kid in the neighborhood was like, um, dude, "These people stole my bike," and I was like, "Oh, crazy, dude! Like, uh, you want your bike back? You know, give me and my brother a quarter each, and we'll go handle it." And we went and beat all these kids up and took and took, <laughs> and took the bike back. That's we crazy. just fought all the time. Oh but God. like, um, like every day I would fight at least once. Yeah. And um, until what age? Because I, because I, I mean, I was a violent kid too. Late maybe. teenage, yeah. Late teenage years, yeah. Like wait, I, wait, did you fight your brother? Oh yeah, like okay. me and my brother would have like I'm tough because of my brother. My brother's three years older than me. Yeah, he's like he's five ten. Like you wouldn't think it to look at the dude. His shoulders are like as wide as mine. He would like um, he would fight grown men. Yeah, all the time. I remember like, I. I there's so many stories. Yeah. There's so many stories, but we would fight like one of the last fights we got in. We were both, I mean, I was probably 17. He was probably 20. And um, I don't, I was probably just drunk. I did drugs. I was probably just drunk and high. And like he did something I didn't like. He, but he didn't really do anything. Yeah. He was on the porch. Bow. I rocked him and he got up. Hit, I punched him in his face, right? And, and he hit me. And then put me down on the ground. He's like, look, man, I'm trying to fight you. He was like selling something. Yeah. He said, I'm not trying to fight you right now. And then, but I was trying to fight. And so he's like, <laughs> he's, I got up. He wrestled. I got up. Hit him again. Boom. Put him, and he just put me right back down. And then I went and got a steel pipe. Like a vice. Yeah. It was a furniture clamp. And it's probably like a pole that's like 20 pounds. Yeah. And I tried to, I tried to hit him. As, I was trying to blow his head up. Yeah. I like swung it. And that's just how we fought. Yeah. I swung this thing, tried to hit him in his head. He leaned back. It hit him in his chest. And he stood up. And, like, he's like, now it's on. You know, like. No and I, I, I went to swing at him again. He caught it. And he, he, he beat the shit out of me. By the time I, like, got my stuff together, all my teeth were broken. <sighs> like, like, I ended up getting sober and, like, getting my yeah. life together. I ended up, like, starting a hot dog vending business. And I got some money. I sold it. Yeah. And I, I thought I was rich. I sold it for like forty forty five thousand yeah. dollars. The first thing I did is I went and got my teeth fixed. Got it. But anyways, yeah, I just grew up like, um, I mean, we got in trouble. We were just sell drugs, steal cars, yeah, carry guns. So 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 let's pause for a second because I already know <clears throat> Grace is probably sitting here mortified. Like I like I <laughs> I, I understand <laughs> because. You know, I'm, I'm adopted, foster kid, all that. You know, we grew, we, we fought all the time. Like, mm-hmm. where I'm from, you know, the world is different these days. Kids are walking around with guns and stuff like that. But where I'm from, you had to be able to fight with your hands. Like, that was something yeah. that was just a buy-in. And mm-hmm. 
Um, and I always tell people, which is fucked up and it's ironic, but I always tell people like I fight the people that I'm closest to the hardest. Like when I was tra- when I was fighting kids, like I like I fight them, but I'd be mindful not to kill them. When I was fighting my brother, yeah, I was trying to literally kill him. You yeah, know? <laughs> dude, there's a story. Yeah, I I like. One time I fought my brother, his eye fell out. Oh. Right? Like there's <laughs> his eye fell out. We stopped in the middle of the fight. He put his eye back in and we kept fighting. Isn't that crazy? I stomped Can on his see? head. Yeah, he's fine. But he's <laughs> hey, 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 you walked that shit off. Dude, Holy I stomped shit. I stomped on his head one time so hard. Like he always beat the shit out of me. He's way bigger than me. And yeah. then when I started getting bigger, I'm six four, like six four and a half now. And like Whatever, I'm, I'm big, and I started, like, I could always fight, but then my size, you know, I'm Gave you advantage. cracking yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Knocking people out. <clears throat> and um, when I started getting bigger, um, I the first time I beat him up, I, I stomped on his head, and I, like, uh, it. his ear was, like... Bleeding? Black. It, yeah. it, it turned okay. black, and it's still, like, all hard. Anyways, that's but that's how we... I, I completely understand. Yeah. I would fight people... I would I would cry sometimes when I fought people. I fought all the time. I never wanted to fight. I never liked it, and I would beat people up. I would Pretty beat people bad. up, yeah, handedly, and I never liked it. But like I've never thought that. I've never fought anybody as hard as I fought my never. brother. Never, never. I fight my brother harder. Than I had like mercy me. on them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Grace, how do you feel about that? So I only have a younger brother. He's four years younger than me. So I don't understand like mm. that side of things I mean we would vi- that I can't even like, like what's say the worst argument you've ever had with him oh I, I've punched him a couple of times okay. but not like not like I, mean, <laughs> not I got, I got a huge trouble for not it because he was you. always younger than me and yeah. like yeah. much smaller than me until Grace's father older, what's your, your my dad um, he was a police officer in St. Louis City and um, now he works in uh, as a prosecutor so yeah. Yeah. for the county yeah yeah. Yeah. So, so like their 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 household is is real civilized compared. It's very um straight edge. <laughs> so and so okay so okay you guys are are growing up rough single parent household or both. My parents, parents ended up getting divorced. There was like some stuff. I'm like at some point I'll tell like the whole story. I feel like sometimes I'm like I just don't want to talk about some of the stuff that happened. Yeah. But like, it was wild. Mm-hmm. It was wild. And um, <clears throat> so, um. Yeah, like my dad doesn't live here anymore. My mom still works here. I'm not trying to like talk disparagingly about them. Yeah. But yeah, some yeah. stuff was crazy. Yeah. I ended up like getting awarded custody of the state. Yep. I was 11 or 12 years old. Like my brother had been arrested several times. I had been arrested several times. And then um, I kept getting in trouble. I got sent to some place in like Braggadocia, Missouri. Some of the stuff Where is the wild. Hell even is was it that? like a group I don't home? Even like, know. yeah. And I ended up escaping from there. And, you um, fucking escaped? It was so, dude, like, I'll tell people, like, the best let, drug. Let, let's, yeah, let's dig into this real quick, okay. if you don't mind. No, I don't care. So, dude, I was like... How old? I'm probably 12. 12 years 12, old. 12, 13. Wow. Taken away from your parents. Taken away from my parents. And um, it's funny, dude, like, the, the only time I really felt at peace was in those places, though. Man... You know, this is fucking crazy. Did we get into this the other night when we I met? I think it might have been mentioned, but I, I heard, like, Mike, Mike Tyson, Tyson yep, said it. Yeah, yep. Mike. Dude, there's a video going around, guys, with Mike Tyson getting interviewed. And he literally says, the best three years of my life was when I was in prison. Mm-hmm. Now, I have literally said before I seen that video on this podcast, 
that the happiest I ever was was when I was in prison. Mm. And like now you're saying pretty much the same thing, which is which is fucking crazy. But I don't want to derail you. I want to hear this story. Yeah. Oh, so here's the story. It's it's a funny story. It's not it's crazy. So I'm in this place. It was in an old schoolhouse turned into like a little group home, whatever. But like old, old, old. I'm in there. They didn't leave the chemicals locked up one time. And this stuff, is it sounds crazy. But I drank like a bunch of cleaner. Oh, right? Man. So I was like, not a bunch. It was probably more like, yo, I'm doing this. I'm so wild or whatever. <laughs> I, drank, I drank like a mouthful of this cleaner. This story gets wild though. Not that it's already whatever. So I drank a, I drank a, a mouthful of this cleaner, and I was like, I'm done. I said to this dude who was in the room with me, and uh, he like got up. I didn't know. He went and told somebody. I was yeah. like, you fucking bitch, right? But anyways, <laughs> they end up they end up they end up grabbing me, and took they took me to the hospital. Yeah, they're in the hospital. It's kind of funny. They're like, we pee, go to the bathroom in the cup. So I'm trying to be funny. I took shit in the cup, and I I, 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 I handed them back the cup with a turd hanging out of it, and they were like, uh, they. They said you need you know pee in the cup. We need to see what poison you took so we can help you, yeah. stupid. And so I peed in the cup, and then but they were not ha- they were they weren't happy with me. They ended up like um, laying on the bed. I um, had this this lady. She had a tube. She put lubricant on it, and then turned around and like from like probably two feet away from my head, she like yeah jammed the tube up my nose to pump oh. my stomach. And they, she did that. I sat. I like sprung up to fight them, and they had people waiting behind the curtains. They held me down. When she sh- put the thing in my nose, though, I threw up, and I threw up a bag of weed <laughs> that I had swallowed because I was in another facility, a lockup facility that I had. I got speed. Yeah. I got like meth and yeah, yeah. Uh, some drugs and weed smuggled into the place that I was selling. Yeah. They people were fucking wigging out in this facility so they shake down i i gave the speed to somebody and they put it in their butt yeah and then i took the weed and i swallowed it uh so i'm, I'm like i'm locked up drugs are worth a lot of money when you're locked up oh they're worth so much so much money dude so i'm <laughs> looking through my poop every day hoping yeah. i poop out the weed yeah and i can sell it yeah i can't find it I'm like not chopping up my turds, but like looking at my turds. Definitely trying to find it. Yeah. yeah. And so, anyways, when they put this thing in my nose, whoop, I threw up. I threw up the bag of weed and I threw up some of my stomach lining because in this place I drank Sea Breeze. There's a facial astringent, it's all alcohol. Oh my gosh. And so we were drinking this stuff to get drunk. Oh. And it like stripped my esophagus. Mm. That's so fun. I end up throwing up. It looked like chewed bubble gum. Oh God! And a bag of weed. This is, <laughs> okay. And they were like, How, I was "Were you like, in pain? I mean, like this whole time?" Oh, I don't know. I like. No, I I, I I can't remember. Grace is Grace is fucking appalled by. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, 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 okay? no, no. Because I told her how in prison. That's it. Like you, oh, you, dude. So how do you he, smuggle he drugs in? She asked me. I said, dude, put it in her butt. I like, remember a dude it, coming come in. He had two. He had like three plugs. There was a dude that used to keep his papers. He would keep his court papers in his butt. Dude was no crazy. Way. But he would keep his court papers. Yeah, because in, in jail, in those are important. You know, like they're really important. The shit is wild. I've seen some. Just, yeah, you've seen crazy stuff. I've seen the, just so, crazy stuff. I just the logistics of that. Like I just doesn't make a lot of sense. Oh man, this dude had three. Imagine like. A fat sausage 
okay? And he had three of those and a lighter in his butt. <laughs> and this, this dude came in with, and um, it was tobacco, right? Oh, and like God. it was a no smoking facility. But this dude probably made three grand. Yeah. Oh, also yeah, this yeah. tobacco. See, that's why it's, the markup is so crazy because Did, like what, you can't get it anywhere you would, else. You would pay $15 for like a pinner, oh like God. a little bitty, bitty cigarette. Did they blow the smoke in the toilet? No, you'd just be smoking. Oh. <laughs> so the crazy thing, like some yeah, of this. If you're, if you're bad enough to smuggle it in, you're fucking smoking it right there. You don't right give there. a shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, dude, so they would like, uh, man, do you, do you guys ever do this where you would break a pencil and uh-huh. get the lead out of it? So this is, so you had to pay to use the lighter. I'll oh, get God. back to the story about yeah, breaking it out fine. of the place. You can. But you had to bre- you break a pencil, and there's the graphite, mm-hmm. the lead in the pencil. So then you break it off. You put a pencil lead in each socket on an outlet, and then you take another piece of lead. So there's oh, two prongs to light sticking something. out. So mm-hmm. then you have another piece of graphite, and you wrap toilet paper around the middle of it, and you drop it on the lead that's sticking out of the socket, and it lights the toilet paper on fire. Mm-hmm. And that's how you, light, you your light your cigarette. And then you light your cigarette, yeah. How so, did, I'm just amazed that people figure this shit some out. Some of the stuff is so crazy, dude. dude some having of the guys barbecues in jail, on their stairs, like. They're yeah. the smartest fucking dudes I've ever seen. Just hustlers. Just so smart, but I they're fucking draw, stupid. I would draw stuff on people's envelopes for their kids. Yeah. That was how I made money. But like, uh, Anyways, I'm in this place. I'm in the hospital. They leave me there overnight. This dude comes from the facility and picks me up. They're in the country. He takes the keys out of his car, and he puts them in the ashtray. And I was like, stupid, right? Like, I'm, I'm yeah. stealing this car. No way. They go in. I'm 12 years old, and they were like, people are on the way here from <clears throat> some facility to pick you up. I think it was Hogan Street or um, Boys Town. I don't know. And you're staying there till you're 18. And I was like, yeah, okay. I ended up talking to this dude. This dude was literate that was there. I, whatever, I don't feel bad about it. I do what I had to do. So this dude was literate. He was stupid. He was like 17, 18 yeah. in this place. And um, I was like, look, dude. I was, And I, I, I tell the people, hey, man, let me go get my schoolwork together. Yeah. So they let me go get my schoolwork together. And I tell the dude real quick, I'm like, hey, man, I just came from the office. They're, t- they're saying they're going to kick you out, that your probation officer is on the way. And you're going to... Boonville or whatever. wherever <clears throat> and he was like oh no I was like there's a car outside I knew I'm like I can't drive this fucking car yeah as far as I need to go I'm 12 and so me and this dude steal this car we escape and um That's we like just broke for the door immediately we burn out <laughs> and then um we end up going to this little bitty town where this guy's from I was like we are not going to like they will be looking for us in your town in this little bitty town called Easily the Peevely or Perryville. Yeah. And dude, this dude ends up, um, we get in a police chase there. He's like, he's like, there's cops behind us. I was like, just drive, cool dude. If they pull up behind you, go. Like, we're not stopping. Yeah. And we end up driving. It was a it was a Thunderbird Super Coupe, is the car that we stole. It was like this turbocharged Thunderbird. And he ends up uh we're driving, we're going like a hundred miles an hour down this country road, and a car, we have to pass a car and there's a car coming the opposite way. We go in between them and those two cars crash and block the road. Oh no. Yeah. I don't know what happened to those people, but I'm sorry. Hopefully they're okay. (laughs) Hopefully they're okay. We end up, boom. I'm like, oh my God, we're free. This dude turns down a gravel road and ends up almost rolling the car. We slide out and um, the gravel road went back into the town. (laughs) When the, um, we go to get back on the road and um, a car, a cop hits us. Yeah. And then the dude put, he put his hands in the air. 
like this, and I grabbed his I grabbed his hands, I put him back on the wheel. I'm like, you fucking drive, you pussy. Because <laughs> I'm like, as long as I'm in the car and we're driving, we're not locked up. We're not in jail, right? Yeah. And so he puts he goes and he puts a car in reverse to go pull out. And when he did that, I look to my right, I'm riding passenger, and I can see like the whites of this cop's eyes. He's driving at us and he T-boned me, probably going like like right on our door, 50, 60 miles an hour. I flew out of the car. I hit my head on the door on the way out. The window was down. I flew out of the car over his car, over the cop car in the air, flying through the air. Like, holy shit, I'm going to die. I hit the ground on my feet running. My hand to God, I swear to God. (laughs) I hit the ground running. I'm I'm 12. I get away. (laughs) I'm in a fucking cornfield. And it was like the crazy thing. Like emotionally, I was a child. I was probably six. You know what I'm saying? experientially I was like a grown ass man at mm-hmm. that point. Yeah. But I'm 12. Yeah. And so I go to this, I'm running, I get away. I'm in a cornfield and I'm like, I started pouting. I was like, <laughs> like a kid would. And I was like, I was afraid of ghosts in the field at night. Yeah. And so I went, I walked to where, uh, some other cops were. And I turned myself in because I didn't. I was afraid of ghosts. Yeah, I just stole a car. That's fucking crazy. Fucking smashed cops and smashed got cars, away and got away. And I'm afraid of ghosts. And you went and turned wow. yourself in because of where I was. That's that was yeah. my life. I ended up like, I got arrested for that. I got. I ended up getting tried as an adult for some other stuff that was worse than that. And I was 14 when I got tried as an adult. And then I was just after that, I was locked up with grown men. And I was just like, this is going to be my life. So so how long were you locked up? Yeah. Because- I was locked up after I got tried as an adult. Like, I got tried as an adult, and I got let go. And then I ended up catching other charges. There was some stuff with the ATF. There was, like, uh, some, some, some of the stuff is real, real bad. But, like, uh, some of my friends were involved in an attempted murder. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I ended up, I got caught selling guns and drugs and uh, I can't remember what else I did. I honestly, it's been like so long ago, but I ended up, I did two and a half years in a facility. And then um, I was waiting. I ended up going, <clears throat> I got a public defender. I was facing 20 years. And I, I swear to God, I don't even remember what I did. Yeah, that's crazy. But I end up, I'm facing 20 years. This is I'm this like an important part of the story. I'm facing 20 years. I'm in a re. I was like uh, my public defender said. Um. I didn't know the 20 years thing. He mm-hmm. said you're gonna do you're gonna do 10 years, and it was a violent crime. Mm-hmm. I, there was some stuff that happened with a gun. People were shooting at cops and stuff, and the. Um, you're doing 85 percent of your time. Yep, so eight and a half out of ten. That's the same, same and as yours. And um, I'm a, you know, I'm 18. Yeah. And so... And, and by the way, guys, I've been in this position. My brother got 10 flat at 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And when you're fucking 18, 10 years sounds like life. Crazy. 10 so, years sounds like life. I'm <laughs> like, I'm going away forever. Mm-hmm. And some of the people that were locked up with me for some of the stuff that happened, yeah. they're, still, they're still locked up. They've gotten out. They've reoffended. They're mm-hmm. still, they'll be in prison the rest of their lives. The crazy thing... I was not a. I, I was like, yeah, cool. I, like I was not afraid at all. I knew like that life was more comfortable to me than what I dealt with outside of there. Mm-hmm. I was used to it. It was chaotic, but it was predictable to me. 
right? I end up, the public defender said, you know, I'm doing narcotics at the time. He's like, if you take this habit into prison for 10 years, you're never going to get out. Yeah. You'll keep reoffending in prison. So you need to get sober before you go in. I went to a rehab. I end up like, while I'm there, like praying one day, like I'm doing, I'm doing the same stuff I'm doing in this rehab that I was doing in the street. I'm selling drugs, doing drugs, fucking, you know, like, and I, I end up like, uh, praying one night, I just said, God help me. I cannot stop. And it was like, it didn't matter how much drugs I was doing. I didn't get the relief that I used to get. Yeah. I prayed, God help me. I cannot stop. Some stuff ended up changing in my life. I get out of there. I go to, to the, um, like, so what happens is you get found guilty and then there's sentencing, right? So I'd already been found guilty. There's sentencing and then you go away. Yeah. So I got, I'm guilty. I'm sentenced. Now I'm going away. So I go to the, the courthouse. I gave away everything I had. Cop, I go in there and I'm like kind of at peace now, right? Like I got like a month sober or something like that. And the cop was like, or the, the judge says, Mr. Bachman? I said, yep. And he's like, there's something different about you. I go, okay. And he goes, uh, is anybody here with Mr. Bachman? <laughs> and somebody from the, from the facility came. And, uh, and my public defender was there, who for real was like a, a goofball. Yeah. And he said, uh, can you guys approach the bench? And then he just said, I'm, they talked for a minute. And I don't know what they said, but he's, he ends up saying to me, I've never done this before. I've never seen this done before. You've been found guilty. If I see you again, he's like, but something is different about you. And I hope it continues. If I see you again, you're going to get your full 20 years. Go. And I just stood there and he goes, leave. And I go, I don't have a, I don't have a ride. I don't have a quarter. I don't have nothing. I gave everything away. And I walked like 15 miles. I was like, what just happened? Right? And he had just said, like, uh, whatever just happened, I'm like, God, that it won't be wasted on. I'm like, it won't be wasted on me. Yeah. Right? And so it wasn't like I did not straighten out right then. No. Right? Like, things continued to be fucked up for a little bit. But, like, eventually, you know what I mean, 21 years old, I end up, like, getting it together. Getting it together. So in this fucking crazy, so... Dude, part of what drives me, part of what drives me so much to serve, you know, like that, that I, I think of the word contribute, like in my head and when I pray and all this stuff, like I'm grateful for an opportunity to contribute. That's the word for me, but it's the same thing we're talking about. And it's the thing that drives me. It's, I think it's the same thing that drives you. But my drive, it comes from a feeling that is ever looming. Like, I feel like I have this cloud over my head and what I, how I describe it is indebtedness. Like I just, mm -hmm. every single day of my fucking life, I feel like I owe, mm -hmm. you know? And it's, you know, for me and my story, it's really like, I, okay, I sat there in prison, like, like just like you said, dude, my, my big brother's dead, <clears throat> you know, he died. Uh, my, my old best friend died. I had plenty of people die. I have lots of friends that are in prison for the rest of their life, whether it's, a single term or whether it's back and forth. And here I am sitting in this fucking beautiful apartment. You know, I have a wonderful girl. Uh, my life is great. I have successful businesses, whatever. And, and, and every day, every day I feel like, man, why me? You know, like mm -hmm. how the fuck did I make it out? And Travis didn't, for example, or Jared didn't make it or, or whatever. And, and all these countless things, I made all those same decisions. Like, dude, I, I put my life at risk so many times. I took my life for granted so many times. I've done drugs. I've, you know, I've gotten in violent altercations, 
but I'm here, you know, and, and, and I'll never have an answer to that question. Why me? But like, I had to, I had to like resign myself when I was still in prison. This conversation happened with, with God, but I had to resign myself. Like, you know what? I feel like, just like you said, man, don't waste it on me. Like I, I said to myself, you know what? Like I don't even deserve this. This is a chance I'm living on borrowed time, but I'm I'm gonna use the rest of this time to contribute, to give away as much as I can, to share the lessons I've learned, to whatever. And it's so crazy because when you we were speaking just now, like it, I felt it so deeply because it's exactly how I feel. Like you, you, it almost makes you tear up and cry, you know, because it's like man. You just feel like you don't deserve it. Is that is that kind of where you're at? It's wild. Somebody like just recently, like I've like, I've done like a lot of therapy recently, and like, um, and I've like, something happened. Whatever. I got divorced, right? And like leading up to the divorce, I was, fuck it, I'll say it. I was like, man, there's two people in the world that like think Jason's a piece of shit. Like, I'm one of them and you're the other one. Oof. You know what I mean? Man. And I'm like, man, like, this stuff happened. Like, I would be like, I won this, like, Lifetime Achievement Award. I won, like, Strange Donuts got, like, Best Donuts in the, in the in America. In, yeah, really? In North, in, yeah, in the United States. I told States. you guys, it's legit. Yeah. I think it's a good point, actually, guys. Like, you're listening to this story. Like, this is a man that has built success. Like, this is not, like... You know, like his fucking donut shop won the best donuts in the country. Like According to the NPR, which is not like some slouch. But NPR is not like NPR no is fucking NPR. Exactly. That's <laughs> NPR, bro. Like everybody knows <laughs> That's them. So yeah, awesome. everybody knows NPR. They say we're the best. So, dog, like, I was like, I, I, I had like my daughter was supposed to have like the do- the doctor was like, uh, there's something wrong with a fetus. Uh, it's not gonna be normal. We're gonna abort it. I'm like, no, we're not doing that. And whatever. And on that, I thought I was always like, you know, pro choice, whatever, and I still am that. But like, I was like, in that moment, I realized I was like, oh, but I am pro life. I'm I, pro. I am for this baby. Yeah. I am pro life. Yes. Right. Yes. And I didn't know that until like right then. I'm in like, no, moment. if the baby has like 12 arms, I don't give a shit. I'm like, that's my baby. That's my baby. That's I'm gonna right. take care of that baby. <laughs> Anyways, so like, all and she she's she got born. She's beautiful. She's perfect. Right. All this stuff, I like. Had I do other stuff for money, I like got a bunch of money. I had this awesome house, and I was like, Man, but I am not happy. Like, I still, I'm like, What is happening? And like, some of the stuff that I ended up doing with this counselor, some of the first things he was like, One, I think it was like a blessing and a curse that, like, I, you know, J- didn't matter what I accomplished, I'm like, I suck, right? And I felt like a fraud, and I'm like, Only if you knew, people would be like, You're the man, I love you. And, and it would always be this, like, Yeah, but only if you knew. Right. <clears throat> and there wasn't like, I'm like, Man, I all, still have that. I, ain't I end up like, dude, and I like, I see a lot of people to do. Right. And a lot of people are like scared to say that this basic little exercise that I started doing that this counselor had me do. And I've done a bunch of stuff since then. This dude was like, I bet you get compliments all the time. What do you do? And I like shirk them quickly. Fucking hate it. Right. Right. Like, oh, I like your shoes. I got, yeah, I got them on sale. You know what I mean? I, like, I discount everything. Yeah. Compliments are the worst. <laughs> yes. It makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? And um, and so I end up say I had to say, and he's like, this is going to be awkward for a time, but when you get a compliment, you say, I accept that. Mm-hmm. Right? And I would stop and i say, I accept that. And and then he's like, and start writing down these compliments. So I had, you know, I made a little note in my iPhone, and I just said, you know, it would be like, you're so handsome. You're so funny. 
da 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 like on and on and on. And it only took a couple weeks of doing that to where I started getting a compliment and I would start like really receiving it, like food. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. somebody giving me like, here is some nourishment. Yeah. And I would get it and be like, I am that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And so, dude, that started this journey of kind of like breaking like this fact of like me like hating myself. I don't know. And like, I don't know, like uh, my, you're the, the hardest thing you're talking about is the hardest thing I've ever been through. My brother killed himself. And like he was like. The one you used to fight with? Different. My, my little brother. Got it. Right. So my older, like my little brother just wasn't. He was my stepbrother, but he, like, we grew up together. He, he just wasn't, he did not come from where I came from. Yeah. I remember the first time I hung out with him, like, fighting him, and, like, it was like, oh, he got, he got hurt, like, 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 going, like, one out of ten. And yeah. I was just like. He got really emotionally hurt. Yeah, probably. he got emotionally hurt. He got physically hurt for nothing. And, I, and he, like, I think about some of the stuff that I, like, just inherent to me that I was so fucking angry, but really I wasn't angry. I was just hurt. And um, I would do things, and I wouldn't know why. But anyways, my my, my brother killed himself, and um, that was like a the hardest uh, thing to recover from. It was it was uh, it's yeah it was that was the hardest thing that I've ever gone through, the most pain I've ever felt, and um, yeah. So that's crazy. But, I, I want to circle back real quick on the the moment when the judge yeah. fucking let you go because I've had like here's the deal like and I'm not ashamed to say it like I have unshakable faith in God, like, mm -hmm. like whatever. Like I have a great relationship with God. I'm not religious at all. Mm -hmm. I don't go to church. Um, I don't read any one particular book. I do read a lot of the theological stuff, but I've had moments like that, like things that are just fucking inexplainable. Like for me, one of the examples is like, I was fucking bad in prison. Mm -hmm. I was really, I was really bad. Just like you. I went mm -hmm. to prison. I was doing all the things that I went to prison for. This is how Grace and I had talked about how drugs get in prison. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, the first, I mean, dude, I, I got rearrested in prison. Like I went to prison with a four, four year sentence and I ended up doing five and a half. Mm -hmm. So you don't get your good time mm -hmm. when that's you, when that's right. your disciplinary record. I spent more than half of my five years in solitary confinement in, in the box. And, and yet, at the end of my bid, like, I, I, I turned it around, like, kind of like how you were saying at 21, and I just decided one day, like, I just, I just woke up, and I started getting it together and whatever, and, and one thing led to another. I started helping some dudes around me. I was part of the programs and all that stuff, and dude, they, they fucking let me go home early. Mm. Like, they, they just hit, hit me up one day. Hey, yeah, you got your good time. You're going home in a couple months, right? And, and I couldn't believe it. Like, I just couldn't believe it. But you know what? Like at that, like that was one of those things that I attributed, like, you know what, thank you. Thank you, God. You know, it took to, to nothing. There was no explainable way that that would have happened. Right. Same thing with you. It's like there's there's nothing. There's no way to explain that this judge you're facing 20 years. And this judge says, you know what, you something you look different. Mm -hmm. um, so so just expand on that. Like, one, do you believe in God? I believe you know? in God for sure. I pray. And, and what's that relationship look like? Talking. Like, literally, I will, like, talk out loud. I will say, God, I can't, I can't do this on my own. Please help me. I say, I read some readings every morning. Like, from a, uh, there's, like, a men's reading that I'll read. There's something, like, uh, there's just, there's different inspirational stuff or, like, insightful things that I read. Mm -hmm. And then I, um, 
I do four, I do one of three things with my kids every night. And it's like really teaching them to like pray, but I do it with them. I say, what's something that you guys are grateful for? And then, and I think most prayer is like gratitude, right? And I think that's what you were describing yeah. earlier is gratitude and grace, right? Not your name, but like grace, like <laughs> yes. a, a gift given, not received, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't, I didn't earn that gift, right? But I got this gift. That's grace. So I say to my kids, what's something that you're proud of that you did today? What's something that you did that helped other people today? And so I, I do those things with them as well. Got it. And so I, I pray, um, and I think there's God like in all of us. There's something where like my kids now know they don't say, are they good or bad? Mm-hmm. They say like everyone is good and bad. Mm-hmm. Got it. Right? Like they're not like, is that a bad guy? They're like whatever they just they know that everybody's good and bad like the worst people they have good have in them. had they Are have in good in them yeah. and i recognize that in them like there was something i used to do i had i sold hot dogs I, I sold hot dogs right here actually and this is like where the hot dog journey started i had a hot dog that's awesome yeah i do like I, I before i forget something i want to say like like that that way of thinking with the counselor like i used to think i was like no matter what i do life is going to shit on me and then it turned into like no matter what happens i'll be okay and that strength came after my brother killed himself because i was like i would imagine like what would be the worst thing and it'd yeah. be like if mason mm-hmm. wasn't here mm-hmm. and then that happened i was like you know i'm not from like this like macho standpoint or anything but like you know i if i have like faith and keep moving i cannot be broken like i can be unbreakable i can be yeah. hurt right and there's been a bunch of stuff that's happened in my life but I don't like, I don't, I don't know. I've, I've examined it. I don't give it weight. I don't like just like throw that stuff out, but like it turned at some point, And I think it turned at some point, like during like the pandemic, honestly, to like, no matter what I do, God will love me. And I started doing this thing where I was like, I became my own parent. Cause I'm like, I'm just going to say like my, my parents were crazy. My home life is crazy. I yeah. don't want to get all into it, but it was wild. And um, like some stuff that happens on like, on like some crazy TV documentaries yeah. and crazy shit. Like some people were talking about some stuff the other day. And I'm like, man, that's crazy. How could that happen? Oh my god! And then I'm thinking like, holy shit, that happened to me, mm-hmm. right? Like, this yeah. could be on CBS, yeah. right? At any rate, um, somebody said so. A, a couple things happened, and um, one. So like, I went. After like doing this work, I went. I'm, I'm walking through the mall, through Frontenac, and somebody's like, uh, "Jason, hey, what's up?" And it was a girl that worked at Louis Vuitton, and we had like catered her wedding, mm-hmm. oh, and cool. she was like, "Get in here, or whatever." And so we're like, I'm talking to her, and she's like, "The the the main like clothes buyer dude is here. I'd like you to meet him." And then she's like, uh, "Like Virgil had just died, and I've never been into like Louis Vuitton or any of that stuff, whatever." Yeah. Right. But I was like. He was like, uh, hey, what's up? I heard you're like a good guy, blah, 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 blah. Is there anything that we could do for you like at Louis Vuitton? And I was like, well, I kind of wanted that like Virgil shit, but like everybody wants that. And he was like, yeah, what do you want? And he just opened this thing up and he, I was Shut like, up. That's this. And, and he was like, yeah, done. And got That's me all awesome. this shit, right? <laughs> That's I'm awesome. talking to a friend. I, I pull up with all this fucking Virgil shit. And they're like, they said, and so another thing happened. I'll say this, like the Ferrari dealership opened yeah. in yeah. St. Louis. And I was like, fuck it, they're gonna sell me a Ferrari, right? There's like Ferrari family is is a list 
they only sell Ferraris to people on this list. They yeah. only sell new Ferraris to a very select few group of people. Got it. I went in there and I have like I had like an '86 Toyota pickup, which I think is badass. But like I have a few cars, but like I go there and I was like, I want to I want to buy a car or sell me a car, and they were like, uh, they laughed at me, and I was like, okay. And I left, and as I'm leaving, there's all these like influencer people there. Yeah. yeah. And they, I'm leaving, and all of them were like, Jason Bachman, oh my God, what's up, dude? Hell yeah. yeah. Getting pictures with me and shit. And I don't think I'm fucking anybody, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. It's still funny to me that I'm like locally famous or whatever, right? But I don't like, I will chop it up with anybody, I don't care. Yeah. So dude, they see this, and they were like, who is that dude? They end up getting, like, they called me, they're like, would you come back in? I walk back into the Ferrari store, and they're like, this is Mr. Bachman, get him some coffee and snacks. Oh and they end up like they're like put me on this list, and I get that's fucking Ferraris. awesome, bro. So, you, dude. So wait, I, th- sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but do it. I think a, a similar thing happened. I don't know. Am I allowed to say this? No. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh. But just as a general rule, fuck let me it. finish this one point real quick. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, one yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So somebody said to me, "This is after all this like work with this therapist, yeah. right? Where like all this good shit happens to me, and I'm like, oh, I fucking hate myself." Somebody said, like, of course, of course that happened to you. And then I said, like. About the Ferrari thing? About the Ferrari, about and the, the Louis, Louis Vuitton thing? shit. Yeah. They're like, of what? course that fucking happened to you. Like, you're so lucky. And then I just looked at them, and I, it was like something broke in my brain. I swear, it was like a <laughs> click I heard. And I was like, no, of course it fucking did. Yeah. Of course it did. Because look at all the goddamn work I've done. Look at yeah. all the shit that yeah. I do. Right? Look at look all at, the good that right. I do. Yeah. And, and it was like. Oh shit! And I like owned that for the first time. Like, no, of course I will have the fucking best. Of course, my kids will be loved. Of course, I will be a fucking awesome dad. Of course, I will have anything I want. Because and I, I put will, in the fucking work. Because to I put do in this. the work, and yeah. of course, I will have love in my life, and I will love me because I am him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, wow. And yeah. I felt like since that happened. And like the material shit, I, I like that stuff is cool. But I swear to God, like, I mean, I have a 700 square foot apartment. Yeah. Like, then it's like it's not as nice as this. I don't. I, I'm comfortable. I'm. I'm always home, wherever. Yeah. If I'm here, if I'm like, I had some big meeting with these really important people the other day. Yeah. And I'm and I'm talking to them the way I talk to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have to shuck and jive anywhere I go. Mm-hmm. I am me, right? <laughs> But I didn't, I just, I wanted to like, That's I so wanted dude, to say that, that so point. Yeah, I'm glad you, you like, did. No, I'm so glad you did. Oof. That's, we were, I mean, not quite to that like extent, but we were talking about that this morning about how, like this is, I mean, for me, like the entrepreneurship life is new for Mark, it's not. I, we were just talking about um, on the last podcast episode we recorded just like, how crazy life has been lately with us moving and uh, shifting business and all that stuff. And, and we're like, yeah, we're probably going to bed at, I don't know, 10. And that's because we hit a wall of productivity and we're mm-hmm. like, we're not being productive. Should we just go to bed? And then we get up early the next morning and, and you know, then people are like, man, must be nice to have this great place. Must be nice to have that nice car. And you're like, yeah, but you don't see, like, you know, you only see what we let you see, which is, like, on our, partially our fault of, like, the highlight reel, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, like, but I, you know, it's it's true. There's so much truth in that. And you're, like, wait, but I work really hard for this. Yeah. And, like, 
I, we we just like nice, you know it's not I like we deserve it. it. Say it's that. Like yeah, yeah, I you fucking do. It's, it's it's interesting, man. I think ownership is one of the most powerful self like like self tools that you can use because it, it's the only way that I ever freed myself. I want to hear that point that you were getting at in a second, mm-hmm. um, but it's not super relevant. But I feel like you know I feel like there's a there's doing that. there's there's two prongs. Yeah, exactly. I feel like there's two sides to that coin, and and most people they refuse to take ownership of their life and why it is the way that it is when it's not the way they want it to be oh. and and it's the reality is you can never never take ownership of where your life is going until you take ownership of like where you're at right now right and most people listening here you think okay my life is great my life is good but it could be better it's not it's not my ideal life and, and when we think about why we are where we are, you say, well, well, my parents got divorced or we were poor or this or that or this or that. And people look at the circumstances that they've gone through and they say, that's why my life is the way that it is right now. And my life, my life didn't change until I looked in the mirror and I said, no, Mark, your life is the way that it is because of the decisions you've made up until this point. Mm-hmm. And when you take ownership like that, when you say, you know what, my life is my fault. That's the, that's the first moment in your whole fucking life that you even have a chance at ever getting to the point where, like, Jason's at, where he's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, of course, of course I have the best. Of course, because, because until then, you're just, you're just floating on the stream of life, and you're just bouncing around wherever circumstance pushes you. But when you say, no, 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 I'm in control. No, I, I'm making decisions, and, and I control the outcome. Um, that's what leads you to that place of... of, of I, I, in a, for lack of a better word, I'm just going to say security. Like, no, 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 I'm secure in where I'm at and who I am and what I have because you know what? My decisions have led into this. My actions have led to this moment, you know? And I just think that's a relevant point because I talk to so many people and they are the, the, the oh, it must be nice people that, that are the ones that run from taking ownership of like, okay, uh, complete ownership of your life. But Grace, what did you well, have? Well, this is not the point, but but... On that point, it's like what the part that frustrates me is like those people have the exact same opportunity. Like everybody has the exact same opportunity. And I think a lot of people get so stuck in that mindset that like they're like, oh, I don't even I don't even have a chance. So I'm not even going to try, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's that's what like bothers me so much. It's like if you actually put effort and took that ownership and and just even set a goal to begin with, I think that's like half the battle is people get so stuck in like, you know, the poor me mindset that they don't even like set a goal for themselves they don't and even work try. towards you it, you know? You get rewarded for that. Like, yeah. So I think like there's some book that I started reading. I, I didn't finish it. It's called Meeting Jesus Again for the First Time. And and it was, it was talking about like, <clears throat> whatever, I, I was disinterested in it. But anyways, it like made me think about something else. Like, okay, people, kids go to like, I'm not Catholic or anything like that. But it's more just about like religion. I am, but you can make right. jokes about it. No, I don't <laughs> care. Like I, I think do, like, I'm, sure. not, I'm not Catholic. I think Catholicism is fucking tight. Like I like my ex is she's Venezuelan and she's Hispanic uh-huh. and like they're super Catholic. Yes. Yeah. Not even so much as a religion, but as a culture. And I would go to these things and I was like, it was like, oh shit, they've done this this way for two thousand years. Like mm-hmm. what else in our world is like? There's nothing sacred it's anymore. Crazy. Everything's yeah. changing. Yeah. Everything's different. These people are still like. 
there's some comfort in that anyway but it was talking about like people who grow up catholic or jewish or whatever you have this like understanding this childlike understanding of god and then that's where you stop mm-hmm. and then you're and then you reject that because you start being older and get reasoning and all this stuff mm-hmm. whatever but i it made what made me it made me think of is like when I was a kid and the things that happened to me, people would like, from like abuse, molestation, neglect, whatever, yeah. right? I would be rewarded for those things. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, come over here. Let me get you a pizza. Let me, like, wh- whatever. That's I was fucking rewarded. crazy to think about. It's like about. a band aid on a bullet that. hole. That's... So then when you're older, like some people, like I know grown ass people in their 60s who are still like, and this is not, I, I'm not trying to like say that these things don't impact people's lives of course. forever. Yeah. yeah, right? Of course. I'm not trying to take away from that. But, but we've been through it. Been through it. I've been through it. Mm-hmm. I've been through bad stuff. Yeah. There's still people that I know in their 60s, 70s, 80s who are still saying, I can't because of that X, Y, Z. I'm like, dog, that was 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. At some point say, that sucked. That's part of my story. But what can I control now? Right? Yeah. So so Andy and I had a conversation, Andy Frisella and I had a conversation once where, you know, pretty much it came down to the point that, that was made is like, dude, there's two types of people in the world. Right, because every fucking body has their demons. Everybody, everybody's gone through some things. I am a huge fucking proponent of the idea that like trauma and suffering—that shit is 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 subjective. It's relative. You mm-hmm. know, like what was extremely traumatic for you, you know, it, it may be a walk in the park for somebody else, and 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 you know, and then vice versa. So you know, something that was traumatic for me might be a walk in the park to Grace. Right? It's it's completely relative. But what matters is that it was traumatic, you know, and in those moments, through those experiences, overcoming those obstacles, you experienced the same emotions. You felt the same thing that I felt, even if it was even if it was silly. Like, uh, that's why I like the question, hey, what's the hardest thing you've ever been through in your life? I'm I'm less so paying attention to the details and I'm more paying attention to how you talk about it, Mm -hmm. because I feel like that that matters. But the two types of people in this world are the people that said, man. I, my life would have been like this if it was never for that. Yeah. Or the other person who says, man, that was at once the worst and the best thing that could have ever happened to me mm-hmm. because of everything that I learned from it or because of who I, who I became you know, through overcoming that. So I, I think what Andy says is my life is the way now it is now because of that. Of that. Yeah, yeah because like, I had because to go so much that. of that. Dude, I can sit in a box in pain like... Again, like I feel like everything that I have in me that makes me is like an asset and a defect, right? Like I can like sit and work and go, mm-hmm. and but like I will neglect everything around me. Like it'll be something real hard, and I just go. That's I, I did that Iron Man. Like I met you the day that I like drove back from yeah. Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and I like whatever that sucked, but I got disqualified. And the um, anyways, but like I can like be singularly focused with like in like like a house on fire and I'll be like, well, glad we're not outside. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I can just completely ignore any kind of hardships. Yeah. 
And I did, I did that the other day with my kids. Like, it's crazy. Like, you know, I, I took them to school the other day in Ferrari, right? Yeah. And then I, like, come home, and they're like, Dad, when can we, like, leave this apartment? Yeah. Right? Like, can we buy a house? And I'm like, no, guys, you know, we're saving money. Yeah. And so we can get someplace nice. And I'm as I'm saying it, I'm like, oh, this is, I don't believe this anymore. This is something that, like, I used to, like, That's the believe. old me. That's yeah. the old me. I saw some shit the other day. This dude said, somebody making fun of my past is, like, robbing a house I used to used to stay at. I don't mm. live there anymore. Mm. Right? That's and, fire. Dude, I, like I was that like, fucking right, dog. I like, like that a lot. Yeah, cool. You say whatever you want about Jason. I'm like light years away from where I yeah. was. That's and, I'm not Jason anymore. Dude, yeah, and well, I'm that's... not. I'm still not. In five years from now, you'll be making fun of the shit. Maybe I said on this podcast, and I'll be completely fucking different. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But like, um, I realized in that moment, I was like, oh, I am still that like martyr, you know, where I'm like, shit's hard, but I'm slugging through it. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to pass that on to my kids. And I do tell them, I'm like. You know, the reason that, like, we're living here now, and when I got divorced, I, like, I didn't have, I, didn't, I gave away everything. I didn't have anything. I yeah. swear, I had, like, I had nothing. And, like, I had, How long ago was I had that? a minivan two years ago. I got separated. Yeah. And, like, the, um, <clears throat> that was hard. That was, like, another, that was, that was crazy hard. That, that's, that is a different kind of pain than my brother killing himself. But, mm-hmm. like, very hard. I'm still not, like, on the other side of that, but. Anyways, I'm like, I've been walking through it, but like, uh, I told them then, I'm like, guys, this isn't like the best place, but this is where we're going to be right now and what we're going to do. And I end up like my son ended up saying like, oh, so we're saving money by living in this place. That's probably not the best right now so that we can have better stuff later on. And I was like, boom, exactly. And I was like, in all these things, there's all these like lessons and shit, but I'm like beyond that now. Yeah. I do have some resources now, and I do not have to stay there. I don't have to slug and, and the rats. And you told the kids that, yeah. And we right, but I'm that. talking to them saying, yeah, you know what? As I'm saying it, I was like, yeah, that's kind of bullshit, and like, that's a thing that makes me successful. Yeah. That's also a thing that keeps me stuck at some point. Uh, what were you going to say? I was just going to touch on on that comment that you made about your past and, and like an old house that you used to live in, like, you know, I feel like that's what bothers me the most about cancel culture is like we we can't move on from things. It's like we we expect people to grow and evolve, and yet we're willing to search on the internet for something that they said fifteen years ago and bring it up and hold it against them for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. It's like you're you're it's you're saying two different things. Like it's not. I mean, I don't know. That's you know what's just, funny, Jason? What's up? I feel like I feel like motherfuckers like me and you were uncancelable. Wrong kids. Because I'm telling you what you know I'm what? fucking I'll doing. Get my dirty laundry out there. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Let's let yeah, you know if I put mine out there though, I'm fucking looking for yours too. I'm looking for yours, and it's like you know, like somebody who puts it all out there, you can't pull. Them. It's like it's like uh, Eminem in the movie. Yeah, you fucking remember that? Dude, oh yeah, have you ever when seen he that? says, "Yeah, you fuck my girl." Yeah, Bro, yeah whatever. And, and, okay, so in the movie Eight Mile, for those of you that have never seen it, because this is crazy. This is a, so once once in a while, Grace and I's age age difference. How old are you? Fucking <laughs> just, it punches me. It punches. I'm I'm 29. Right on. It punches me right in the chin. Uh, <laughs> and it's always when I'm like, oh, you remember on Friday, or you remember on you know this movie or that movie, and she's like, I part of it's weed of, culture too. I, you, I grew up with very strict parents. Yeah, part so of it is weed culture. But so if you've never seen it, bro, in Eight Mile, all right, which is a true story. It's a it's like a documentary of Eminem's life um, and how he came to to be Eminem. 
And at the end, he's in this rap battle, and everybody knows that like he's like a fucking bozo. He's a bozo. Like he lives mm-hmm. in a trailer park. His mom's poor. His mom's you know strung out on alcohol and drugs, and you know all this stuff. His girl left him, and he goes into the battle, and he wins because he goes first, and he 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 throws all of his own dirty laundry out there. Yeah, I am broke. Yeah, I do live in a trailer park. Blah 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 blah. blah. Yeah, you did fuck my girl. You know, and then he goes. But when he hands the mic to the other guy, his competitor, his, his competitor can't say anything. Yeah. Got nothing to say. What are you going to say? I already put it out there and I owned it. You know, yeah. and it's like, that's, that's what makes you just anybody out there. You got a fucking platform. You got to just be unapologetically you, man. You got to own your shit. When you own your shit, nobody can cancel you. Nobody can cancel you. And I don't like, I don't think I'm unfallible. Something happened like a few months ago. I don't know. I like, I made some joke on our, on, so, on Strange Journal on social media. And I said like, uh. It wasn't, it, and I still, I'm like, whatever. But we made this, we call them strangers. They're like more elaborate things on the weekend that we sell. Mm-hmm. They're fire. And so like, I, it was like all nuts, right? And I just said, I said, if you want a ticket off the planet, if you have a peanut allergy, this is your ticket off the planet, is what I said, right? Oof. And so like, and like people were like, first off, it started out, it made me look at it way, way different. Like the first person that like commented poorly on it, like it was like, ah, like all people from St. Louis, like this looks fire, this looks so good, because they know me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then somebody from like Manitoba in Canada. Stranger. They said, they were like, uh, fuck, you know, you, you're saying that you want kids to commit suicide. Also. And then they shared it with like food allergy blogs. And then I was watching, it was all these like bots and shit. And it was like people in Australia, people in all over the fucking world. I was like, motherfucker, you're not even here. Like, like jumping on this basketball yeah. shit. Problem. And I was like, Fuck it. I, I, I didn't say the things that these people are saying that mm-hmm. I said. So I'm not, I'm not deleting. Mm-hmm. They're like, like, they were like, delete it. Yeah. Delete your account. Close your store. And oh, I was geez. like, uh, no. no. Here's another post. Uh, we have like <laughs> the, the best milk. It comes from cows oh 30 minutes oh away. Oh my God. It's I just so kept good. going. And it was making these motherfuckers bananas that I wasn't like bending to it. And the real, I, I got interviewed on, by the news and they were like, uh, about you know, that? Yeah. Oh, jeez. And I, what I said, I was like, one, and I didn't say I don't I don't I don't like I think it's fucking cheap and it dishonors my brother to like lead with that shit like yeah. if I said like well first of all you're talking about suicide like my fucking brother killed himself yeah, yeah, yeah. right you think I'm insensitive to yeah, this shit fuck off bitch yeah, right yeah. two and then I was like I was like one my fucking son almost died from an allergy I'm not like like this is I'm it's a fucking joke yeah. first of all Man. first of all it's not even a fucking joke it's like saying people these hey days. there's nuts on this motherfucker if you uh, don't eat this. Yeah. Probably yeah. don't come if to the store this it, weekend because yeah. there's nuts all over the goddamn yeah. place. Yeah. And then I just said, I said to the news guy, I was like, and second, so some people threatened me and my kids. I was like, uh, second, if you're like afraid of a peanut, you do not want this fucking smoke. Like, I'm like this, <laughs> I'm like a nice guy now. You know what I'm saying? But I can still fucking bang. I will fucking stomp your fucking head in. Yeah. Come over here. And no, like, yeah. one yeah. dude came to the store and he's like, this is crazy. You were saying kill people. And I was like, no, it's not what we said. Like, here's the post. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. He heard from somebody. Shut he heard up. from somebody. Oh my God, and then I was and like, he didn't even see the post. Didn't even he see the post. Crazy. And I was like, and he was like, oh. And bought some donuts. That's people, bro. Dude. That's that's the society that so we're living in. So when I stand right here now. and I'm like, no, I said this. And not like, but I'm telling you, like, so two weeks later, Justin Bieber had something fuck up with his face. He had something I can't remember. Um. And he had a like one of his eyes, like mm-hmm. part of his face was paralyzed and like we had just started opening late so i'd made this comment i put it like i made a meme out of it and it said open on his eye that was open <laughs> and then it said late on the eye that was slumped right that's hilarious 
Yes. And people were like going in. And I deleted that post. I was like, no, that shit's fucking hate. I didn't know what happened. Yeah, I didn't know yeah, the story. All I saw was his face. Yeah, I yeah. Googled like one eye open, one eye closed. Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, oh, this is going at, this is like making fun of a good fucking dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. So and I like Justin Bieber. Right. So, I so let me delete it. So I delete I'm like, yeah, dog. I'm not like out here like actively trying to be a fucking asshole to people. Yeah. I'm not an asshole. But like, so I was like, Yo, let me take that fucking knock on that. Sorry, didn't know the story. And I found another image. I reposted it. And people tried to like, oh, so you want to fucking Justin Bieber shit didn't work out. You want And I just, I commented in the post. Like, yeah, didn't know the backstory. That I was know. kind of insensitive. Yeah. I yeah. deleted the post. Yeah. Felt bad about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it crazy, though, that we've gotten to a point in society where we like are, we're so closely relating peanuts to like killing yourself like how do you get from peanuts people, to killing yourself like I think that's for real dude there is with some things man there are people i'll talk about uh, uh, fuck it i'm whatever do you like cops i actually i actually do i, I respect them um like it's which is ironic because i did you like and respect cops when you were running a gunning fuck no did you respect the game it's their job to catch you. 100%. And they're doing a job. But you're not like, fuck a 100%, cop. 100%. I, literally never in my life. I want to I wanna make this clear because this is a point I've been waiting to make on the podcast. It, it, it just waiting for an opportunity. But these motherfuckers out here that talk about fuck the police, that talk about, that talk about defunding the police. Like, look at fucking Chicago, okay, where, where <laughs> they don't even have enough police officers. I have a personal friend that's a, that's a police officer and it's a woman. Mm-hmm. There's a police officer in the worst part She's of Chicago. Badass. And she tells me, if we get two calls, one's an assault and, and one's a, a fucking domestic, we got to choose which fucking call we respond to. And we got to tell the other person that we're not coming. Like, that's, that's what fucking defunding the police does, okay? So these fucking people that think they're, that, that, that defunding the police and saying, fuck the police, and they have a personal vendetta against, you guys are fucking idiots. Like, I've committed crimes. So who, so this is what I think about. I'm like, who are the people that are saying defund the police. It's people that grew up in areas where they did not need the police. Mm-hmm. Where they didn't need the police. Mm-hmm. Okay, but, 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 but where are the police getting defunded? In places where, where people, need, where people the need the police. And people are asking, like, dog, I, like, I grew up, we call it the, the dark side, like Grand Lafayette, Lafayette 39th. And um, of course you were like, Fuck the cops because they're trying to like keep you from doing your fucking thing. Yeah, because but you're it's not. But it's not a. Uh, it's not Pers- a personal. It's not a personal, it's not a personal or a disres- it's, it's the like, game. It's the game. It's the game. Right. Fuck so you guys. Dude, it's like a rival team in school. That's it. That's it. So dog, you have friends. I have friends in still in the fucking hood that are like these motherfuckers come and I, I don't need to get off on all this, but like these motherfuckers come in to my neighborhood that don't represent my neighborhood that don't have a fucking dog in the fight. Mm-hmm. And they try to make policy for me. Yeah. Yeah. Which really, man, it affects me, gives them political points, and they acts like they think they care. I suffer from it. And you mm-hmm. lose as the fucking citizen. Mm-hmm. And, and the problem is in this country for a long time, those same people, just because of the lack of information and understanding and the, the lack of foresight, they don't mm-hmm. really see the big picture. They don't mm-hmm. really see what's going on. Those people keep on putting people like that in charge in a position to make those decisions and it's this cycle and and it, i think it's slowly you know i don't know i think people are starting to realize you know kind of who's who uh if you will in the in the political arena 
But but still, it, it's something that really really infuriates me, especially like like around me. Don't say fuck the police. Like like I I, 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 I like the police. Exactly. I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna fight you over, it, but I'm also not gonna co-sign that shit. And I'm gonna tell you real quick. Like listen, I got arrested, and even on the day I got arrested, I was I was respectful to the police. It was just a game. That's it's it. just a game, and I fucking lost that day. But people who don't need the cops, they think that that fuck the cops shit is cool. And this is what I think. Like I think about this. I'm fucking six five. I'm two thirty right now. I've been like a big boy mm-hmm. and a fucking bruiser, right? And I remember like this, like a, a debate. I got to like a debate, and I, I want to like make a broader point. I want to talk about like the police all the time, but like, but like this dude was talking about defund the police, and it was like in a, in a like a he just had to represent one time one yeah. side of this debate, mm-hmm. and I was the other side. Yeah, it's whatever. It wasn't like I'm talking to somebody on the street. And I just told this dude, is this man, I'm like, who will keep me from raping you? Yeah. Right? I'm like. No, for real. And this this man who was like, and the dude looked, fuck, like, I started out with that. I'm like, I will fucking kill you. Who's going to stop me? Yeah. You? I'll do whatever the fuck I want to you. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, that is the reality for most people <laughs> that cannot defend themselves. Say it, bro. Say it. Like, that's the truth. Like, all you people saying we should defund the police, understand, I know some bad people. Like, I've mm-hmm. met some bad people. I've seen some bad... There's bad people in the world. Like, like earlier Jason said, everybody's got good and bad in them. I believe that. I believe that. But there's some people that have fully embraced the bad side. And you think that defunding the police is, is some fucking... What do you call it? You call it, like, moral something. You call oh, it, like... Uh- Virtue signaling. Virtue signaling. Yeah. That's, that's what the fuck they're yeah. doing. Period. But pro- I promise you, you don't understand the reality of the consequence of that decision. Like you, you I, just don't. I was having a conversation um, the other day with a group of people who lean more on the defund the police side, and and I kept quiet that like my dad was involved in law enforcement and, and was just listening like a fly on the wall in the conversation, and they were like, yeah, like. Fuck those racist police. There's every, they're all racist, racist. and like and, yeah. and they were like, wait, 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 wait. Let me finish my point. And the, and they said that. And then at the end of that conversation, they were like, Yeah, fuck the police until I'm in danger. And then come save me. And I was like, How can you say both dude, of those dude, things fuck in the, the same sentence? Fuck people like that. That's my that, for real. So this is what I think. It's like there's a lot of stuff where and this is the same thing where like, you know, as a kid you get rewarded for, for stuff. I think there's a, like a lot of rewards right now that are fake rewards. For oh, absolutely. And it's like, and there's just it's just public validation. But I wonder, like, what does it, what does it get you? I remember, like, some people. I, I think that one of the strongest human human desire, like natural human inclinations, is is a desire to belong, like oh, to, for to, sure. to, to, to like to mm-hmm. just feel like you're a part of a community or mm-hmm. a tribe or something like that. And I think that that's what carries people sort of on this, this, this lazy river of life is just, you know, where is the crowd right now? And people that haven't gone through whatever they've had to go through in order to, to, to realize that they stand firm, that they stand on their own two feet and that, you know, they, they have a choice in every single matter. Those people just kind of go with the current. And whether you like it or not, like I did an episode not long ago about the title was we might be conspiracy theorists you know whether you like it or not like social media is controlled the the mass media mainstream media is controlled and it 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 just plants seeds of ideas in our brains and certain people run with them and and when you see people run with them i think that a lot of people just hop on whatever whatever bus is is heading in that in in the, in the general direction mm-hmm. that society's going in like because a lot of people don't see it. like i i get so 
I mean, dude, I get so worn out over this because I, I care, you know, and I want what's best for people and I watch what's happening and I think to myself, how can people, like literally, how can they not, real? like how can you logically agree with this? Like I, I want to hear the, the full argument mm -hmm. because it just doesn't make logical sense and I, can't, and I refuse to believe that people are so stupid. So I think that it's actually maybe that strong desire to be socially accepted by your peers in your community that 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 brings them in that direction there was something that happened recently i think like so one uh, the other day let's talk about like whatever i don't know how, how are we on time and shit like, we're, we're good well, we're the good. only other thing i want to get into is yeah, like a little thing. bit of your entrepreneurial like yeah, yeah, yeah journey so so we can finish this we're fine yeah as long as you're fine i don't want to take yeah, too cool. much of your time whatever. okay yeah um i uh We're on this topic, whatever, and we talk about this shit. Yeah, there, like, there's nothing. Like the there's nothing off limits. So I say show. like, so I was thinking about this recently, and something that you were talking about, mm -hmm. like one. So like, my kids are biracial, right? Yep. <clears throat> they were at fucking Chick Fil A the other day, and somebody said, "My son told me this." Somebody said, "He's seven. Like, uh, they're speaking Spanish. Yep. We speak American here." Some old guy said to him, and my ex-wife just ignored him, and my son said. American's not a language. It's English, right? And I was like, and I just, he told me the story and I was like, yo, fuck those people. Yeah. I said that to my son, fuck that dude. Mm -hmm. And I and I was like, uh, and I, and that exists, right? By and large, I don't, I think, not I think, I know. Like, I've, I've lived in China Right, mm -hmm. I went like I went to Venezuela all the time. I went mm -hmm. to Chile. I've been all over the world. I've been pretty fucking fortunate, right? And I've spent long periods of time in all these places. America is something fucking special, dude. And like, if I'm, if I'm, if I went, if I was born in Japan, right? Mm -hmm. If I was born in Japan, spoke Japanese, lived there my whole life, I'm an American, mm -hmm. right? I'm never gonna be a Japanese person. Yeah, they wouldn't say I'm Japanese here. Never. You're born here, and we fucking we fucking accept you. You're, you're my fuck, fucking you're, people. You're, you're, you're an American. That's right. Right. And that like fundamental thing. There's so much shit. I love history. Outside your window, there's the Eads Bridge. I like love the Eads Bridge. Is born is uh, Carnegie, like Dale Carnegie. That was one of their birth, first like big uh, projects. How cool! That's yeah. awesome. So that bridge was built, and that bridge out there really catapulted steel sales yeah. in the United States. The reason we're in this building is because that bridge was built. That's so cool. And like, uh, but like, I, like, I study a shitload of American history. Mm -hmm. And like one of the first, I'm, I'm like getting way off topic, but the reason that America is America is largely because of this gay general, right? Who had been like casted out because he was gay. George Washington mm -hmm. had a fucking, uh, uh, a knack for picking people with talent, right? And he's like, you didn't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck if he's gay. Give a fuck if he's gay. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, literally at the time, the mayor, like, uh, the soldiers were naked in fields, yeah. dying from dysentery. And like, he came and was like, uh, yeah, move the latrines away from the kitchens. Do uh, and he said, this is one of the things he said. He said, he's like, these soldiers are like no one I've ever trained. I cannot give them an order and they follow it. I have to tell them why and they will, and then they will die doing it, right? And I think that we have that inherently in us is like- They need to understand why. We have to fucking understand why, mm -hmm. right? And I think 
But people have lost their innate curiosity. Boom. And so they're not... They're not afraid to fucking ask. They're not digging into why, so they're just running with fucking whatever everybody else is saying. I didn't understand. This happened. We had a store in Columbia, and we had a transgender person working there. And I'm talking to them. They're my friend, Mm -hmm. right? And I was like, so what's the deal? Like, you got a dick? Like, like, what are you... Like, are you... They were uh, a girl transitioning into Mm -hmm. a boy. And I was like, so you... You're just trying to You get with girls... And she was like, no, like my gender doesn't, that isn't my sexuality. I'm still attracted to boys. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so you're gay now? And they're like, kind of. And somebody like at another table and they're like, they like, they were like, hey, they started barking at me. And I was like, dog, I'm having a conversation with my friend over here. Yeah. yeah. And I think people have lost a little bit of that because yeah. you're afraid like. Afraid I to ask, offend people. You're well, afraid to ask questions. You're afraid to thank people. Or, or afraid to offend people and like afraid so you have like a limited understanding of things that aren't immediately you mm-hmm. so all i ever know is things that aren't immediate that are immediately mm-hmm. me and it makes your world real fucking mm-hmm. small yeah. so like when people like pounce on people like your perspective is so fucking narrow is so limited i don't know like Anyways, that's crazy. I think, I mean, that ties right back into it, though. I think people are so afraid of being canceled on a large scale like that because it's so easy to spread information. Like, I mean, you you understand because you went through it. But like you can put one thing up, true or not. And if somebody, if the right person or wrong person in this case catches wind of it, like it will spread like wildfire. All I can be concerned with. I think about this. All I can be concerned with is my character. Yeah, that's it. Right. Like my reputation could be smashed. (laughs) <laughs> in with a post, mm-hmm. right? Real or not. But I do think like, so the thing that happened with the peanut allergy, right? People were like, start posting like, hey, like somebody's like, yo, this is our motherfucker. Like, this is my guy. This is my fucking guy. This is Jason. Fuck you. Exactly. Right? And like, the whole city of St. Louis would come out for him. And that is because of my character. That's right. Right? Not because of my reputation. And, um, that's awesome. Dude, I used to, I used to repeat, I had a mantra when I was in prison. There's some water right here if you want. Um, but I had I had a mantra when I was in prison, and it was like, man, you can only live your life. Mm-hmm. Like Mark, you can, because I used to get so exasperated when I would see people living in a way that I knew was was counterproductive for them. Like I like I, I had crossed the threshold. Mm-hmm. I'm living the life that I live now. I truly want to help. I feel like I have some understanding. Like I'm watching these guys be fucktards, and mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, I get it. I was there last year, you know, and. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to save people, and I had to start reminding myself, Mark, you can only live your life. Like mm-hmm. you can only live your life. You can't live anybody else's life. And you know what, Mark? You think you got it figured out, but you don't know shit. I don't know shit. You know, and, and and the reality is, none of us know shit. You know, and so I think that that's when when you resign yourself to the fact that you don't know shit, and then you uh, you allow for that fire to be lit, that that curiosity that lives in all of us. You know, that looks and you you see something happening and you're asking yourself the question, but you won't ask it. You won't ask it. I am that person. I'm the I'm the soldier that you were talking about. Like, bro, I'm not doing shit unless you tell me why. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, come on. I, I don't want to dig deep into this, but it was like just like when the pandemic happened. Like, mm-hmm. listen, I'm not anti-vax. I'm not anti-mask. I'm not anti-nothing. Yeah. But but you know what? I need to I need some answers to some really, really basic logical questions like like I used to get verbally assaulted, you know, for not wearing my mask. 
hey, why are you not wearing your mask? Which I'm, I, I've worn a mask. <coughs> I just want to make that clear. I've, I've gone in a place, I've put a mask on, whatever. You know, I don't want to disturb anything, but there's places where I felt like, man, I'm good. I don't need my mask mm-hmm. on right now. I get verbally assaulted. Mm-hmm. And I would literally ask them the question. I just need to understand if your mask works, well, then why do I need to wear mine? You know, and, and it was just, but, but that's my point is that people were running from that conversation through the whole pandemic. Vaccine, same thing. Right. You know, if, hey, if the vaccine's effective, then why are you so concerned with, with whether I have it or not? You know, and it's just same thing. And it's, dude, that's a logical question. The and cra- nobody would have that conversation with me calmly. Like people would Im- immediately get fucking very upset. And it's like, why is nobody else asking this question? I, you know what I mean? No, so I thought with that stuff, like early on, I was like, I remember Illinois, we had a store in Illinois. And it like shit kicked off over there. I remember mm-hmm. they canceled the NBA. I was like, oh shit, this shit's fucking real. And yeah, I like went to I like went and bought some extra food for my employees and shit. And I was like gloved up, mask on. Mm-hmm. And I like early on people that were like scared. People were scared. People were fucking scared. I still I was like, oh shit, like as right as I think I am, they think they are right as well. Equally. Yep. Right? Yep. And so like I'm not trying to convince you of anything. Mm-hmm. And like you don't, I'm like, I am open to being wrong. I'm open to being convinced. I'm like, open to being convinced. That's right. Right? I don't need to spend my time telling anybody the way they should live. And I think the strongest thing you can do is live by example. And I'm mm-hmm. not out here trying to like, I'm just trying to do me. But like, yeah, at some point I just started saying like, like early on, like, oh, here's all this data. How are we not? paying attention to mm-hmm. any of this stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so anyways i i think early on yeah if you were like if you were that guy early on it no you're you're you, a fuck, you're a fucking you're a, asshole you're an asshole you're an is, asshole is, if you're is, that is guy it? but but let's say a year in six months in when there's a lot of you know yeah question marks like but, but my point in even bringing that up was not about the mass or not mass or the vaccine mass. it's about people not asking it was why. the fact that a, a year in you refuse to ask some very obvious questions, and it's because you're afraid. Some of the was wild. I'm like, they're limiting our hours. They're saying I can't open the store, and I'm like, why the fuck? Listen, is, why is when they, when they make open, exactly, and when they make all the <laughs> small businesses across America yeah. fucking drown. Dude, they that- were like, people were saying to me, there was a dude, like somebody sent a message to us. So I had a meeting in my in my parking lot with our staff. Yeah, I own five donut shops, and I had I was like, let's all meet in the parking lot, and we're all gonna stay away mm-hmm. from each other. Yeah, and I was just like, look, dog. I'm not closing. I'm not closing. Walmart hasn't closed. <laughs> I was I'm like, not closing. I'm not fucking closing. So what you guys need to know is that's the page I'm on. If you got like, if anybody needs to quit right now, I get it. I'll do my best to pay you while you're gone. Yeah. Right. When this shit blows over, we'll be here. But I I'm have two fucking kids, and I have people that depend on me. That yeah. I like. This is the way I make money. Yeah. So I got to do this, and everybody's like, "Yeah, we're in." And we like did everything that everybody said we had to do, right? Like masked up, whatever. But I was like, and then that was before like PPP and like gov- like assistance and all that mm-hmm. shit. I was like, how the fuck are you telling motherfucker? Like, there was a dude from San Francisco that sent me a message, or he didn't send me a message. He just started commenting on a post like, "You're killing people. You're a piece of shit." Da, da, da. And he was one of my fucking friends. Yeah. And I just sent him a DM like, dog. Like, first of all, I think that like us being friends would like. At maybe think like get a fucking DM or a conversation yeah. or some shit. And I was like, two, I'm doing everything the CDC says I should be doing. To yeah, to protect people. To protect people. That's right. So but now, and, th- and I'm like, dog, your dad's rich as fuck. Yeah. I don't Mike Tyson said he's like, who am I gonna run to? 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that thing. He he said that, and I I never put those words together, but that's the way I felt. Like, why did I fucking fight? Why like why did I not run? I'm like, who am I gonna who run the to? fuck am I gonna run to? Mm-hmm. Right? I, he said that shit, and it shook me. I was like, God damn, that's the way I felt my whole life. Who 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 is gonna pay for my shit? Mm-hmm. Nobody. And I was like, this is. No, 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 no. I I get it, but that 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 whole situation—that's actually was how our business sprang up. Because I get so fucking pissed when I think about all the small businesses that are that that. Thank God, I mean, there's some of them that survived. You know, the shutdown. Because when you're a small business, bro, you can't afford to be out of business for six months, a fucking year, and everybody was forced to close. And fucking Walmart stays open. Amazon's Amazon still sh- fucking heads. Amazon, Amazon is fucking probably, ranking. Yeah, you know, say, it's like, they grew. come on. And, and and again, that's one of those questions that people were afraid to ask. Mm-hmm. Why, why is it okay that fucking 400 of us are in Walmart right now because it's the only place open? Walmart was more packed than it's ever been mm-hmm. because it was the only place open. And, and nobody's asking like, man, but why can't I just go down the street to my local, you know, so-and-so to support them? And dude, that shit fucking drives me crazy. But... That's a good transition point. I, I do want to hear, because we've talked a lot about like sort of the struggles about you know going to jail, going to prison, you know, childhood, dude, all this shit. Let's hear like okay, twenty one. You said you started uh, yeah. getting it together. When did Strange? It was Strange Jones your first business? No, it was no. a hot dog. So 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 t- here's yeah, the, tell us how here's you like, evolved as an entrepreneur. Boom. So I end up being a drug abuse counselor. I was a drug abuse counselor. And I end up like being in a cult in the desert in Arizona. Straight up. Damn. Really? And they were, oh, yeah. And they were like, 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 like you joined the cult or you intentionally just. Intentionally or not intentionally. Got it, got it, got it. So I went there and I was like, man, if I'm here, I'm not there. Mm-hmm. Right. So then I ended up like working for this place. I'm a drug abuse counselor. And I was like uh, doing what I thought I was supposed to be doing. I, while I'm there, I end up, I'll try to like fast forward the shit. So I end up leaving there. Some crazy stuff happened. I'll tell you, dude. So I was like programmed straight up. Like they said shit like, you know, don't look at the news. We will tell you what's in the news. Yeah. They would say like, I was like in an arranged relationship. Controlling the inputs. I was in an arranged relationship with a girl. And um, it was whatever. That is wild. So dude, I'll just start whatever. You were in a... Dog. So it was weird. I'm just going to say this. Like, so we... (laughs) This is so weird. We went on a date. They're like, you're going to go on a date with Maria. That was her real name. And like, she's like, you're going to go on a date with Maria. We went on a date. And then I went back home. And then she came over and she's like, Shannon said that I need to take care of you. And she. No way. Dragged me off. Right. And then so like eight. I'm sorry. I don't know oh, if that's okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Listen, do you know, you know, where I worked before. Okay, you know, cool. So anyways, so anyway, so dude, so we're in this relationship like eight months and that's all we can do. Yeah. Right? Is yeah. like she's off with hands. And I was like, dog, I'm fucking twenty two at this point or yeah. some shit. Like this is for twenty three, I don't know how old I was. But I was like, this shit's fucking weird. We end up like doing more stuff. I end up um getting told in front of all these people, like and I was like super like submissive. Yeah. You yeah. Were, you were bought in. This shit was so weird. Like it's it's even weird to fucking talk about, but like I went my my I don't need to get into this whole story. I ended up leaving there, okay? Yeah. Like, some stuff ha- happened where this dude jumped up who was, like, the the like the leader of yeah. the cult, and he said he said he was going to kill me. And he he stood up and started walking towards me, and then the fucking... You knocked him out. That fucking shit came out of me. Yeah. That, that you can't... 
you can't bury that. Yeah, you can't right? take so that out So when the dude came up, I was like, dog, I'll fucking kill you. Everybody was like, <gasps> yeah. it, it was, so I got wild, right? Yeah. I ended up, <laughs> I, I so end up, up leaving there. And um, I was like, shit, what am I going to do? And I was terrified of like going back to prison. Mm-hmm. And um, I came here. I ended up, I was going to go to Chicago for some reason. I was so embarrassed that I like had to come back to, to St. Louis and I was scared to come back to St. Louis. I was going to go to Chicago. I'm driving. One of my friends is in Vegas. I called him. I was like, he was the only person I, I called. Hey, how are you doing? And he's like, you don't sound like you're doing good. And I was like, I'm going to Chicago. And he said, one second. And he said, he got back. He called me five minutes later. He's like, you're going to live with me in St. Louis. And um, so I came back here, lived with him. He's like, we're going. I was like basically illiterate at the time. Yeah. He's like, we're going to community. I'm like, I'm going to community college. You should come to community college with me. I was in these classes. I swear to God, like reading. I was in a class called uh, basic math where it would be like, if we have three red crayons and two blue crayons, how many total crayons do we have? That was like my level of education Mm -hmm. at the time. And um, I wasn't getting 100% in those classes. I ended up like, I had $14. I had a loaf of bread and a jar of peanut butter. And um, I, I like almost choked to death. Literally, I was like in the in the in the parking lot at the school with a peanut butter sandwich. I was eating it, and I didn't want to buy a drink because I had fourteen bucks. Yeah. And so I ended up choking on the sandwich, and I'm like passing out. And I was like, "Holy shit, I'm gonna die!" I've been in fucking shootouts. I've been in like I've like some while. I'm like, I'm gonna die choking on a fucking peanut butter sandwich <laughs> at the community college. I end up. I didn't die, obviously. Those peanuts, man. Dude, right. <laughs> So I, I end up right. That yeah, comes full Jar circle. <laughs> so I end up. Um, there was a dude who I used to buy hot dogs from in uh, in Arizona. It was two. You got two. Hot, it's called the slap shot deal. You got two hot dogs, a bag of chips, and a drink. And I was poor, so that was like that was what I would eat. Yeah. And I was like, man, there's no hot dog carts in St. Louis. I end up coming back to St. Louis. Some dude was like, hey man, he knew me. He's like, you turn your shit around. There's a dude that owns a hot dog cart downtown. Um, he's on drugs and shit. Will you help him out? And I just literally, I came down here to like help him out. Yeah. Like see what I can do to serve. Right. And I end up coming down here like a block away from here. And he just like threw me an apron. He's like, start yelling at people. Like we're selling these hot dogs. So I start selling the hot dogs with him and dude, I realized pretty quickly the dude was gay. He was wanted to just hook up with me and I'm like, that, that ain't me whatever. And so I worked with him for a couple of days and I ended up starting a hot dog business. Start your own hot dog. I started business? my own hot dog business. The first day we went out was Mardi Gras, and I made enough money. to f- I burned my hands, cut myself. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was like, I think this will work. My friends were like, you're fucking stupid. You think this is fucking New York? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so whatever. There was Other than that, dude, there wasn't any hot dog carts in St. Louis. I end up, I made enough money, I filled a pillowcase full of cash. Yeah. Right? I ended up dumping it out on the floor. I was like, holy shit. This is crazy. Everywhere I went, if I went and got a haircut, I brought all the money. Right, I would like go to pay for that. all of it. I would, <laughs> I would pull amazing. off of like this brick of money. I would here's twelve dollars, right? Yeah. And I like needed people to see that I like that you made it. That I had money, yeah. right? Like I needed this fucking validation from people because I was so deep in the like you're a piece of shit. So I like I started like buying shoes and I started selling shoes. I ended up getting into this program. I, I ended up like getting into Umzel, and I it was the only school I applied to because I was like no one else will take me. Yeah, right. I got into Umzel, and I could have gone to wherever I wanted. I really could have at that point. I was smart. I just wasn't educated. I ended up going to um, an interview. <clears throat> um, I went to an interview. They were like, please apl- interview at this thing. It's called the Budding Scholars Program, 
we're hosting the interviews, but it's all these Ivy League kids. We don't have anybody applying. Yeah. I, I was like, no, I'm not doing it because I didn't think I could do it. Yeah. Like my fucking teeth are all fucking crooked and busted and I'm a fucking Hoosier, you know, who sells hot dogs. And they saw in me what I couldn't see in me. Yeah. So I, I end up going to the interview in the parking lot. I'm listening to NPR. And they said, because I started like trying to put good stuff in my head. Mm -hmm. And to me, NPR was good stuff to put in my head. And it said, before I got out of the car, it said, 20, 30% of China's water is lost through in its five major cities due to poor infrastructure, namely leaky pipes. Is verbatim what they said. I've always had like a fucking wicked memory. I, I'm like, I go into this interview and they were, they, they were like just trying to get me out of there. I was like, I had sweat through my shirt. I was nervous. You could see my nipples. I just felt like a fucking Hoosier. They wouldn't even shake my hand. And they said, uh, what do you know about Chinese infrastructure? And I said, holy shit. I was like, well, did you know that 30% of China's water is lost through this five major cities due to poor infrastructure, namely leaky pipes? And they were like, the fuck? And I was like, yeah, I know about Chinese infrastructure. And they were like, uh, you like the Cardinals? We just started talking about baseball. And anyways, they end up accepting me in this program. I went to school in China at Johns Hopkins, right? No way. I applied. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to Johns Hopkins. That's crazy. In fucking China. Okay. And like we would go, we would go, and it was all these Ivy League kids and then me, right? And I was the only one at that point that was like making money that had a thing. I mean, I make like a hundred grand, 130 grand cash selling hot dogs. Yeah. They thought I was Was it still working while you were Yeah, people were here working and I was over there buying shoes sending them back to the states and selling them. Like, no, 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 no. Straight up, like, what they say is limited. Like, oh, there's only 100 pair of these. There's fucking 40,000 of them in China. In China. So I would buy, I would go to the mall, and I would say, give me the whole run of shoes. Mm -hmm. Like, in here, there's kids sitting in the fucking freezing rain, like, with a lottery ticket trying to get the one pair of Jordans. Yeah. Yeah. And I would literally go in and be like, give me, I want... All, all of them. Yeah. And so I'd send them back here. I'm making bread. I end up, like, paying for my college selling shoes. Yeah. I come back here. I sell the hot dog business. I'm going to go to China and be a... Uh, and I'd done other little hustles. But mainly, I was just selling shoes, selling hot dogs. But I don't know, would, like, buy shit, flip it, whatever. Uh, and then I end up... I was going to sell my... I sold the hot dog business. I'm moving back to China to, like, be, like, a cowboy. Like, just put deals together. Yeah. I end up staying here. Because I met my now ex-wife, and I was like, "Man, I need a job." And I got a job working at a construction company that built schools and hospitals, and I hated it. It was like uh, just a stupid ass environment. Like it sucked. And um, I ended up I'm in a building that we just finished building, and they start bringing in furniture. And I was like, "Yo, I know where that stuff comes from. Like I'll sell them the mattresses." And yeah. I literally just went. And this is as easy as business is, because I was always like. Fuck it. You know what I'm saying? What do I got to lose? Yeah, got why not? nothing to fucking Dude, lose. people are so scared to fail. Dude, so I went to these people. Like, I didn't have a fucking plan. I just, like, went with this. I was like, hey, I sell mattresses. I The mattress that I have is better than the mattress you have. Mm-hmm. How much are you paying for your mattress now? Oh, by the way, my mattress is cheaper. They're like, we'll take 100 So I called these people that I know. I'm like, yo, I need you to front me. 100, 100 mattresses. mattresses. Yeah. So they front, they're like, give me 90-day terms. I tell the school, hey, I got to get paid in 30 days. So they, I sell them 100 mattresses. I'm like, do a survey with these 100 mattresses. See if, they, if the people like these mattresses. Mm-hmm. 98 of them said yes. So now they're like, okay, give us 1,700 mattresses. I call the people back. I paid them early. I paid them like 35 days. Yeah. So I paid them early, so now my credit's good. Yeah. Right? I have, I'm back at zero. Yep. And I'm like, yo, I need 1,700 mattresses, which is three shipping containers Almost cool. four shipping containers full of mattresses. Yeah. And I like, I, and this has just been me. Like I paid, so the school, St. Louis, big union town, you had to have 
um, union laborers install the mattresses. I'm standing in my fucking like suit, suited and booted, you know what I'm saying? Like with fucking loafers on. <clears throat> and I'm watching these like dudes. They probably, this motherfucker ate about 12 yogurts in, in, in four hours sitting there. He would just be sitting down there. And I'm like, man, I'm paying these motherfuckers $75 an hour. Mm-hmm. I ended up going down into the container and I was like, uh, you guys are fired. And they're like, what? And these, and, and they're like, uh, they try to get fucking debo me. You know, I was like, look, dog, don't let the smooth taste fool you. Like, I will fuck you up, all four of you. Yeah. I was like, I'll fuck you up. You're fucking fired. And this guy tried to take the mattresses and throw them back in the, in the, container. In the container. And I was like, I, I went at him, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they left, and I probably spent 18 hours straight in my fucking loafers and dress pants. Unloading the mattresses. Unloading the mattresses that's my fucking awesome. self. See, that's it, man. Motherfuckers dude, don't do have Dude, do the that. goddamn work. People don't fucking, like. That's one, it. That's all it takes that, to be that successful. That's so, dog, it. When I pulled up to the fucking school, they said I was not far from being homeless at this point. Yeah. Right? Like, that, that reality was not that far away. Yeah. I pull up to the school. They have, like, 40 roll-off dumpsters on this street. And I was like, what are all these dumpsters for? They were like, the old mattresses got to go. And I was like, you're going to throw away 1,700 mattresses? Yeah. And I was like, no, I'll, I'll take those. Like, I know people that need that. Yeah. yeah. Right? So they're like, okay, you can take the trash if you want. So I, like, got trucks pulled up, load these trucks, and um, we turn the, so- the, the, the foam gets turned into carpet padding. Mm. The cotton gets turned into socks and gloves. And the steel has immediate scrap value. I was a fucking, you know, I know a little bit about stealing and selling yeah. scrap mm-hmm. metal. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I end up selling the scrap metal. I got a check back for, like, uh, $2,800 for the scrap metal for the springs and the beds. I end up going back to that school with a check. And this is, like, what you have to fucking understand if you're listening to this for business is you have to provide more value than what the people are giving you money for always right every single time every time you will win every fucking time and this is how that played out i take a check for two thousand dollars i cuff 800 i'm like i'm mm-hmm. giving all this fucking money to these motherfuckers i took a check for two thousand dollars i go back to the school i give them a check and they're like what is this for and i'm like uh i made this money off of your trash and they're like, well, we can't accept that. And I was like, well, is there a student organization that's doing good stuff in the community that you think could use this money for good? And they're like, yeah. And at every school, there's usually, out of all these fucking people, 15, 20, 50,000 people, there's one group of people who are really doing something. Yeah. Out of all these motherfuckers, everybody else is fucking talking shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so now I'm like, cool, we're funding those people. These motherfuckers were like, what the fuck? $2,000 is a fucking lot of money. There's a lot of money for those organizations. So, dude, so then what happens is this. These people talk. The person who buys furniture at a university goes to conventions, and they meet with other people that buy furniture, right? So this motherfucker goes to a convention and is like, look, I know this dude. He's got a little lisp. He's kind of fucking funny looking, right? But, like, uh, this motherfucker will sell you mattresses. These mattresses are fucking badass. And And this motherfucker will take your trash and pay you for it. So all these schools have these like competitions for green initiatives. The school that we sold the shit to won this nationwide fucking prize, and they got a fuckload of money because they recycled. Because like the mattresses got re- re- recycled, right? Because they recycled <laughs> like eighty tons of, of waste, amazing. where yeah. everybody else recycled like three. Yeah. Right. So now it's a competition. Like, oh, we're buying this motherfucker shit, and we're giving them our trash. So then they end up saying to me. Okay, so now I have a mattress company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And they end up saying to me, hey, can you take, these schools start saying, like, can you take our furniture? 
Because right? yeah. they want to get rid of shit that weighs a lot. Yeah. And not throw it away. Right. Yeah. And I was like, I'll take all that shit. Uh, I got to sell you the new stuff. Yeah. And they're like, okay. And this dude, like just that, I swear to God, it was that simple. I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. I'm selling you the new stuff. He said, cool, here's a PO, $1.5 million. Boom. And I was like, fuck, I better find a place to buy some fucking furniture. I better find a place to buy furniture. <laughs> I better find a place. It turns out in Jasper, Indiana, there's a, a, a place where if you've stayed in a hotel where the headboard fixes to the wall, they have a patent for that thing. They manufacture 98% of the headboards in hotels in the world in Jasper, Indiana. That's crazy. So I ended up going to these people in Jasper, Indiana. I was like, hey, can you make this for me? These, this, these pieces of furniture? They're like, yeah, no problem. So boom, now I'm in the furniture business. Wow. So I ended up selling furniture. I've had that company for 13 years. No one fucking knows about it, but like that's where... Literally everybody knows him as a strange donut As guy. the donut man, right? And nobody like, knows he's... Dog, I went to a school the other day. I went to a school... What is today? Wednesday? Wednesday. Thursday? Thursday. I went to a school Wednesday. I went to a school yesterday. Yeah. I walk in. I do my whole pitch, right? I, and I get the business. I'm yeah. like talking to them about all this stuff. And they end up saying like... Uh, like they were like, uh, so strange donut man, what's up? And I was like, fuck. I was like, that like, this is character. I was like, shit. Like, every, I've had this business for 13 years. We sell furniture all over the United States. Everybody knows me as the donut man. And yeah. I feel like it delegitimizes me. And this girl goes, are you serious? Like, no, I know who you are. You're the fucking man. Yeah. Of course I'm buying your furniture. Yeah. Because of. Character. My character, mm-hmm. right? And so, dude, I didn't even have to like competitively bid nothing. They're like, we know who you are, mm-hmm. right? And so, dude, I, that that's a great point. So, like, nuts and bolts. What do you think? Like, if you had to say top three, yeah, qualities or tendencies, you know, character traits that people need to possess in order to be successful. Number one is character, is character, right? Integrity. For sure. So like, that's the starting line, right? Be like, do what you say you're going to do. If you fuck up, apologize quickly. Don't try to fucking shuck and jive. Don't try to fucking blame it on anybody else. Like I sold some mattresses to a school in in Illinois the other day. The the wrong mattresses got sent there. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm like, fuck, we fucked up. I'm eating that. I'm so sorry. The wrong thing got sent. New ones are on the way. Whatever I need to do to make what, it right. Uh, I'll dude, do it. there's this book by Danny Meyer called Setting the Table. And he says, he's like, what he would do is um, if people were upset with the meal, he would say, you know, can I give you guys some dessert wine? You're not a, you're for free. Boom, they're not happy with the wine. Um, here's some, here's a, a dessert for free. Yeah. We're not happy still. I'm comping your meal. You're still not happy. I go to the table and I say, before you go, I just need you to know. I would have done anything to make you happy. Yeah. And you give the customer all the weapons. Yeah. It's fucking B Rabbit. It's Dude, eight I f- mile. I fucking You love stand it. in front of them and you say, mm-hmm. I will do anything. Mm-hmm. I read that the next it day. It's a lot of humility. Yes. And, and courage. Like, I will that. lay down here. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I am proud of what I do. I fucked up. I'm sorry. Yeah. How do I make that right? So that's like the starting line where you have to be. Two, I think there's like something that's like, being able to see opportunity, this dude who ended up being like a mentor to me, I called him, I'm bummed. I'm like, fuck, Ron, how you doing? He goes, there's gold everywhere. And I was like, what are you talking about, Ron? He's like, I just walk outside, there's just gold everywhere. It's fucking opportunity. There's, this motherfucker was just like, there is opportunity everywhere. And like, it's easy, that mindset of like, there is enough for anyone, for everyone. Just because I sell furniture, just because I sell donuts, just because I sell fucking cars or whatever the fuck I do, for money because I do a bunch of different shit like it doesn't hurt me if you're doing it nope Mm -hmm. 
right? There is mm-hmm. enough for me. People have a scarcity mindset. So they you got to have, have a, a mindset of you abundance. You have to have a mindset in, of abundance. In terms of opportunity, uh, both for yourself and for everybody. For because everyone. as soon as you start hating on somebody else for winning, that's, that's bad karma for you. I am happy for you. Yes, yes. Man, I used to, like, there's, there's this. So when I was selling hot dogs, mm-hmm. this dude um, opened um, a shop on the block that was like a walk-in brick and mortar hot dog place. And the place that I was doing it, like whatever, this is real. Like the place that I was doing it was um, very like, it was very liberal and I was very liberal. And this dude that was opening this donut, this, this hot dog store was a black guy. And people told me like, hey, you're gonna have to leave. Like the people who like to make the decisions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you might have to leave because- We want the black you're person. The, we want the black person to sell the hot dogs. And I was fucking terrified. I was like, fuck. And I talked to this dude and he was like, start praying for that guy's business. Pray for that guy to be successful. And I was like, fuck you talking about Mike. Like this yeah. motherfucker is like the reason I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you need him to be successful. And I just start every time I walk by the dude's shop, I'd be like, man, I love you. And I hope you're successful. And dude, like not only was I not asked to leave, not only did like he not be successful. Now motherfuckers know no matter what time of the night, I can go to this area and I'm going to have food. Mm-hmm. And not only am I going to have one thing, I'm going to have several things to choose from. Yeah. So this dude being successful brought me more business, mm-hmm. right? And I think that like that you ha- I you have to. I think this like there's a lot of this stuff. I I see like if I see money on the street, I pick the money up and I like and I was Always. like I'm ready for more of it, mm-hmm. right? I'm ready for more. When I see money in my house on the floor, like coins and stuff, it, I do this thing where I pick it up and I'm like, where am I losing in my life, like in my space, mm-hmm. right? And I look at like, where do I need to tighten up? And it's like a reminder of that stuff. So like character is a must. Having a good product is a must. That's like starter stuff, whatever, mm-hmm. right? It's a buy-in. That you, ha- you have to you have to be you good. You literally cannot be successful without it. Right. And then- prob- What you said earlier was a great law too, which I don't, I'm not going to make this your third, but- but I want to bring it up just for these people, like you said, that are listening for business. It's always provide value that exceeds by far anything that you ever ask for in return. Period. Like your value needs to exceed the dollar amount that you receive in, re- in return. If you always do that, people are always going to be happy doing business with you. I asked, I taught, I, I got, I ended up like going from being illiterate to like, um, I was a professor at SLU, right? That's so awesome. I like teach like entrepreneurship shit. It was fucking I hope tight. they make a movie about your life someday, oh, man. Dude. I had people say that and I'm like, wow, that's crazy. but it is like, I feel like I've lived like three different you lives. You've lived yeah. enough right? life for probably 10 people. Stuff is wild. I have stories for days that are crazy. What's your last point? So is, is that, I, I would tell these kids all the time. I'm like, if you're working for somebody, your job is the blackmail your your owner right like you do so good make yourself indispensable yeah to where at the point and understand their position as well like so understand their position in business do so well for them that at some point when they are doing well you say i need mine too yep and they will have no choice to but respect to give it. it to you yep mm-hmm. to respect it right and if they can't they either can't at that time or they won't and you need to leave. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So, like, I guess three will be, you know, character, provide value, and... Um, well, it sounds like kind of always be learning is, is a... Because you're, you know, no matter where, what industry you're in, like, no matter what, if you're an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur, you need to constantly be 
be, be, be craving growth and learning because the better that you understand your space, the better that you understand your competition, the better you understand the problem that you're solving or the solution that you're offering, um, you know, the, the more equipped you're going to be. Like, like Jason said earlier, I walked into this school the other day. I did my thing. I got the I got the business. Okay. The reason why he gets the business 13 years later when he walks into a school is because he understands his space. He understands probably his competition. He knows probably what they're paying over here and can offer you know uh, some sort of advantage or or. He's just going to lean on his relationships and his character. But either way, that, that takes time and it takes investment. It takes intent. It takes understanding your space. It takes being confident when you walk in there. This girl, the thing that I did with her, because it's like a given now that like now other businesses, they take your trash, they recycle yep. it, they mm -hmm. give you money back because mm -hmm. these motherfuckers are biting off me. Yep. Right. But <clears throat> I went in. It's a new. They're new in their position. And I was like, you know, is there anything that I can help you with? Like, and like everybody says, I love insurance people are always like, I just love helping people. Man, shut the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? You say that because I hate you feel it when like, I start here. Instantly, I know when you're trying to sell me. Yeah, like, boom. I fucking hate it. So I literally, but like, how, how do I love helping people? <coughs> I told this person, I'm in business. I need money. Yeah. I'm going to make money off this sale. But like, how do I help you out? Like, do you have a plan for purchasing at this school? What tools do you have to help you lay that out? And she's like, I'm so overwhelmed. I was like, look, I can give you like our last 10 years of sales and help you come up with something that will work with your guys's budget. And if you don't know, like I was like, there's like, I'm like a little autistic. I'm like some spaces fucking freak me out if yeah. it's not like some kind of uniform. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, and I said that, and she's like, man, that it does, it's fucking crazy. Like this building might have four different sets of furniture. I was like, we can take pictures of your space and drop different options in here. And then like you can choose from that so you're not shooting in the dark. And she's like, that would help me so much. We do not have that here. Mm -hmm. And so boom, like I'm providing value. Yeah. Anyways. And that's how, I mean, <laughs> dude, it, even with me, when we met, and I'm not going to say it, but when we met, Jason, you know, just met me fresh. Uh, and I, you know, I mentioned, hey, we're moving and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and Jason's like, hey, man, how can I help? You know, can I provide some resources? Can I, can I help you out at all? And it just so happened, which he didn't know this at the time, that I'm fucking, literally, I had a, I had a cart on a, on a website with, with like $20,000 worth of furniture in it. And I'm like, fuck, man. Well, I guess, you know, yeah, I am moving. No, I don't need any residential furniture, but I do need like twenty, thirty thousand dollars worth of furniture that I could put in this coffee shop. So, you know who I'm gonna go to? I'm gonna go to Jason because <laughs> because he fucking he fucking offered before he knew that I had anything, you know, that I had yeah. any significant amount of business mm -hmm. that I could offer. But mm -hmm. if you're young too, ask and shut the fuck up. Yeah, ask and then listen. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. it. Yeah, mm -hmm. dude. Because I like when I'm young. And I'm probably trying to wind up whatever. I could talk to you guys forever. You guys are tight as shit. <laughs> but like, uh, I would talk myself out of deals. I remember I had a carpet cleaning company. Oh. It was called it was called Delta Force Carpet Cleaning, waging war on dirt. And we would show up in fatigues so and like fuck <laughs> shit up. up in and oh, it was like me man, and like I all my that. fucking hood friends. The story of that deal, these people didn't end up paying us, and my friends we ended up going wild, oh, like beating some people up, and we oh, had no. to close that business. But the um. I got it. We went to a Denny's and I was like, hey, we want to clean all your carpets. And he's like, okay, how much? And we told him like 
$1,800, which is like way too low. Mm -hmm. And he goes, okay. And I go, really? And I started like saying like, well, if that's too much, we can da 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 And I backed out of it. Yeah. I, I, I talked well, myself out of money. That was like my, I have zero like sales experience. Mark is like the guy when it comes to sales. Like he just talks to people. He's great with people. And not that I'm not, but I just like, I hate asking people for money. I hate it. Mm -hmm. It's my least favorite thing on planet earth. And so when I started my business with the social media management side of things, Mark was still working at first form and he was like, you have to start going to acquire clients. And I'm like, what does that look like? He's like, you have to just go door to door. And I'm like, but here I am, like I have this big social media platform of my own personal page. And I'm like thinking that you're a monster I, on there. Well, thanks. No, that she's by a, no means, but, boss. but I kept thinking, okay, like I can use that as like leverage to acquire clients. Well, no grace, duh. The people that you're trying to acquire have zero social media presence whatsoever. So you're going to have to go door to door. So I literally had like mental breakdowns every time I go out every day. It was just one a day, one person a day, one person a day. I would sit in my car. I would ball my eyes out by myself. <laughs> I would talk myself up, clean myself up a little bit, make it look like I was not crying, even though you could totally tell that I was just crying. Walk into this business, and I had a card made that, like, it wasn't just, like, a business card. It was, like, a services card. It said every single thing I could offer and the prices and my name, contact info. And I'd be like, hi, is your manager here? And they'd be like, oh, not right now. I'm like, okay, here, can you put this on their desk? Thanks, bye. And I would, like, literally <laughs> walk out. Like, real? so bad. But, like... That I, I just feel like, you know, like the going back to your point, like talking yourself out of the money thing, like that was huge for me. Like I mm -hmm. still struggle with that conversation. And, and it's so funny because I would be at home and I'd be like, Grace, just tell them, like, just like just tell them what we could do. Like just tell them what we want to do for them. Hey, I want to help you connect with new customers. Like that that's it. Like your customers are not, you know, it's harder and harder and harder for you to compete with with convenience and accessibility, like Amazon. Right. So you know what? Like, hey, like you might not be able to compete with Amazon on a convenience, but you could build relationships with your local community and yep. people might support you just because they want to. Mm -hmm. But guess what? If they don't fucking know who you are, like nobody, guess what? They're going to fucking Amazon. Like that's, that's just the reality. And so I would just, I, I was flabbergasted. I was at a loss where I'm like, Grace, just tell them. Like, just, mm -hmm. just tell them. And some people's sales is so hard. All like, I got hung up on was, I'm asking this person for thousands of dollars. Yes. And me, a 20, 21-year-old kid, I'm like, you, That's a lot of money for me, you But know? you know what's great? It's a good point for you as well and everybody that, that, that ever, ever, ever want to go, wanted to go into business. Remember what Jason said earlier about the one that I repeated. Like always, when you know that you're providing value that exceeds anything that you're asking for in return, you don't have a problem asking for money. Like I never have a problem asking for money because I know I'm about to make you fifty know, off of five. I know that you're gonna be really happy that you took my advice. Like that's that's how I've always operated. Like mm -hmm. hey, like here's like I hate to say it, but even when I was selling drugs, like even when I was selling drugs, I was like quality. You know, I was the best. I was the best quality stuff you could find in the city. Mm -hmm. And yeah, my prices were higher, but I didn't mind telling motherfuckers that. Like hey, you can you can go down the street and get it cheaper. Or you can come to me, it's going to be fucking gas. I'm, I'm gas every time. <laughs> yeah. Every time. You never uh, have to worry about it. And you know what? I do business legitimately the same way. Mm -hmm. Like, I know for sure that if you do business with me, you're going to be happy you did. Like Period. That. And, and when you do that, you, you never have a problem asking for, for money. Mm -hmm. But all right, let's wrap this up. I think we're, we're almost two hours in. This Longest awesome podcast we've ever had. Okay. For, for real. Also, the best, I think it was the best one, one of the best, best ones you best ever one. had by far. So yeah, thank one. you so much I'm so for your glad time. that we did this. Yeah. Me too. Thank you. Um, I appreciate it so much. So this is Jason. Uh, follow. So Jason's company that, you know, that we've mentioned is Strange Donuts. Go on fucking Instagram. 
follow his follow his follow his donut company. What's cool about that their Instagram too is like it's almost it's Jason. Jason's personal page, <laughs> which I love because it's Strange Donuts is Jason. Jason is Strange Donuts, and yeah. and it's cool. So. But any parting words? Anything else? No, the um, I just would say to people like you don't have to ask permission. Just live. Right. I like I never ask permission from anybody to do any of that bad shit that I did. But for some reason, I felt like I didn't measure up and I needed somebody else's permission to do something good or that was uncomfortable to me. And I would wait and not do things early on because of that. Yeah. And I just got to say, like, whether you have the person in your life or not, it's encouraging you. Like, there are people rooting for you and the world needs motherfuckers that are afraid to do good and do it anyways. Yeah. So if that's standing up for stuff that you think is right or helping your neighbor or getting your life together or starting a business, like you, you have the permission from us. Yeah, fucking do it. Right? And um, not only permission, like we, we, we are fucking rooting for you. Period. Like, like I want to see you win so fucking bad, and, and mm-hmm. same thing, Jason. Same thing. So, Man. it's been a pleasure. Honestly, thank you so much for spending this time with thank us. Thank you for uh, real. guys. As always, seriously, if, dude, if you took anything, anything of value from this from this show, please share it. Right, like share it with somebody. Um, last but not least, if you have have yet to rate the show, please leave a rating. It's literally the fastest, easiest, most convenient way that you can show us support. Okay, it takes literally two seconds. You press rate the show. You press the number of stars you want, which you better fucking press five. Um, Be honest. Be honest. And and, and that's it. All right, so rate the show. Share the show. Follow Jason on Instagram. Buy some fucking donuts. All right, love you guys, and uh, we will talk to you next time. Peace.